Ready? So welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a huge thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me in the adventurous lifestyle. If you guys need any gear for your next adventure, running, camping, climbing, hiking, you guys name it, these guys have it. So go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code, my diary, all one word, capital letters, wildearth.com.au. Okay, so now you guys know that I live in Crescent Head and we love our little town and my friends and neighbors here have started Crescent Head Brewing Co. Not only do I love supporting small business, I love supporting just good humans. So let's give a big shout out to Crescent Head Brewing Co. And next time you come to our little town, stop into the tavern or the tavern bottle and support the locals. Two beers to choose from, a fruity XPA or a Chris Lager. Surf the point all day. Then have a Crescent Head Brewing Co. beer, watching the waves as the sun goes down. That's the point, right? Now remember, when you come to Creso, enjoy this beautiful place and our local beer. But remember to leave no trace and take your garbage with you, please, guys. Okay, so I'm very passionate about this episode. I think it's a very powerful story to tell. There is a lot of depth in this. Just listening to it when I edited it, I had moments of tears in my eyes. I learnt so, so much and there is so much food for thought here. So please share this episode to whoever you think needs to hear it. So I'm so honoured that Cam, who you're about to meet, reached out to tell his story. And I'm hoping it falls on the right ears. After this chat, Cam said something to me which I think would be good for people to hear. He said, in the life of crime or the gangster game, everyone is playing to win, but there is no winners. The game is rigged that you always lose. At some point, you are going to lose. We see it in every movie. So I think that's an important message to anyone starting to sway that way in life. I also talk a lot in this episode about giving direction to our young men and us as elders helping to show the way to be good influencers, to help teach honour. I think it's our duty as men to do this for our boys. You know, we can relate to them as we once were, but I also think it's equally as important that our sisters do the same for our young girls. You know, you can't be what you can't see. And we all know trauma breeds trauma, just like love breeds love. And it's our responsibility as a community to help show the path of a righteous life, to live in honour, to live with love. One of the biggest lessons I took from this is how important it is to have direction in life, to have a purpose. And the biggest is to know who you are, to know yourself enough to know what you want and who you want to be. We always go through those stagnant stages in life where we just don't know what to do next, where we don't know what we really want. And that's a scary place to be because In that disconnection to oneself, it's where in my life I've made bad choices where I've overindulged or I've seen friends or others fall off the wagon as we had no goal to reach for, no heading, no direction, nothing to aim for. 
So I want you guys to open your hearts, listen and think deep about this one. Share it around because we might just hit the right ears of someone and change their life for the better, but not just for themselves, but for us, for our community. So enjoy this one, guys. I might even start the recording with that plane coming over. Because that is the sound of being on the southern part of the Gold Coast, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. It's a great sound. <laughs> All right, just give us a little one-two, Cam. Just make sure one, I got two, you. One-two, one-two. All right, cool. You're number one. Yeah, sitting here in, um, actually, yeah, we're sitting here in the place I grew up. It's really cool, Palm Beach on the Gold Coast. I was supposed to fly out to Iceland. I ended up, my appendix blew up. <laughs> and <laughs> I um, ended up in surgery, which meant that we had to postpone this a week. First of all, you know, welcome to Diaries of the Wild Ones and such a, such a pleasure to meet you. When I first got your message, I just, it's, it's actually made me think a lot about your story and you only gave me like little bits of it mm. and I'm really excited about this one for not just the depth, for like your own personal story and struggle, but the effect that it could have on, on our youth especially is something I'm super passionate about because for me, you know, I'm, I'm guessing for you being here in the first place to sit down with me, you're, you're a healer, yep. obviously. And it's something that I'm pretty passionate about for us to, you know, live in this earth and live in this society. It's like, we've all got to give something, you know, not just take and, and, you know, to, to heal the world's traumas is to heal the people, to heal this, well, it's just to, fuck, how do I put this? It's like to heal the earth, we've got to heal people's traumas. Yes. And we do that through story. You know what I yes. mean? And, and when you sent me your story, I was like, wow, this is dark. This is deep. This is scary. This is self-growth. And um, I just really want to thank you for having the courage to, to reach out. I really appreciate the man. And yeah, I really support everything that you stand for. And I'm just really thankful to be here and to meet you and to be able to talk to you and your listeners about what I've been through and the things that I've learned yeah in my life well let's um get into it cam the first thing i want to ask you is just like where where did you grow up because your story uh you know like it's it's gonna have a bit to it but i just want to start with like where where you grew up and what was your home life like okay so i was born in adelaide i feel like the real crux of my story um happened when i was like nine to like 12 i um we were from Adelaide, we moved to Ipswich, and I lived in uh, Ipswich. Now, I lived, I was brought up in a very traditional Christian home. Yeah. I had really great supportive parents that really emphasized love, acceptance, <laughs> and all these things. Like, like, like really great examples of parents. So, you, yeah, you're lucky. I am very lucky. I'm, I'm one of the few. My parents are still together. All that, like, wow. everything's going, go, is like aligned for me to you know live a good fulfilling life yeah so I, we moved to Ipswich uh, when I was like started primary school and then we moved to England when I was nine and my parents just like wanted to give me and my little sister like a culture shock like they they my parents are, are travelers they traveled around when when they were dating in their early years of marriage and they're like oh this is something I want they want our their kids to experience so when we were nine, we moved to England and we, were, we first moved to a place called Woking and we're just like, just like 
living in an empty apartment, just like experiencing English life. My parents were teachers and then they moved to a... Um, Did you resent them for that transition or were you excited? I was excited. I didn't know, like, I, I hear other people talk about their childhoods and I feel like I wasn't that conscious. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. I look back at it and like, I don't think I had like those those deep yeah, thoughts. It's, yeah, it's, it's all you knew. You were just yeah, doing what yeah, was, was happening. I was just like going through life. Like, oh yeah. yeah. And um, so I... Yeah, my parents moved to, uh, they became the headmaster and headmistress at a boarding school in a place called Watford in England. And so for like the last year and a half of our time in England, mum and dad were the headmaster and headmistress of the boarders. And I would go to school and we would live at the school. Now this school was an international school and it was also, the demographic was 95% Afro-Caribbean. So... I got, I guess I got a lot of my swag yeah. in this period of my life, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. And um, I think, I think this is the time in my life where I like, I started to like, kind of get like a misrepresentation of who I was and like my identity because I couldn't really define it. Like I was like an Australian. And it was hard to relate. Living there and like I'm attracted to, you know, it was all like hip hop and rap music and like baggy clothes and Timberland so like that's that's all I knew that's I was living there you know this is this is like you know yeah. my family that I live with these kids that's that's the experience I have so wait how old are you now I'm 29 29 okay so this is um say late 90s would it be no 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 it's like or, or mid early. mid 2000s or mid 2000s yeah oh no yeah because you're, yeah. you're, you're 9 to 12 yeah yeah okay so Okay, so yeah, okay, I, I'm, I'm envisioning it now because like this is the product, this is the subculture around you. So you're yeah. becoming, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's how is, you relate. Yeah, so this is what I'm attracted to. Like I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, my parents, you know, I'm hiding Get Rich or Die trying the Fifty Cent album from my parents. Like, like that's like the energy and like yeah. what I'm attracted to. And um, yeah, I don't think at the core, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think what it was, was, yeah, I didn't know who I was. And I think I would, I drew from parts of culture that I was attracted to. Yeah. And Plus, you, I suppose you're, you're, you know, you're getting filled with testosterone. And as a man, you're getting filled with this, uh, the, the masculine energy, I suppose. And you, you don't know where to direct that. Mm. And you, you're, you're listening to very masculine music, I suppose, like that. And, and the way that it's derive so it's like it's a very i, I can see it because it's a very influential time yes. like that time of your life that young exactly. men and this is i suppose why we're talking right now to hopefully exactly. hit the ears of of young men but yeah so uh, yeah so you're, you're, you're hiding 50 cent from your christian parents you're yeah. getting influenced by this like kind of gangster culture yeah so you're yeah. getting intrigued by it oh absolutely i was i like yeah i remember seeing my first gangster movie it was called 187. It's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. And I think Method Man's in it as well. And like, it's, it's a terrible movie about violence and stabbings in, in these schools in, Amer in America. And I was like, man, I was just like so drawn to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember being like, wow. I can feel that. Like, even 
growing up around here in Palm Beach and it, and it was pretty ghetto but I still remember like watching Friday or Friday after yes. next and you're like yeah and then you roam in the streets and you're like yeah and you're just thinking like yeah we're gangsters or something yeah. you're like no we're not we're little bitches walking <laughs> around the street exactly yeah yeah and I think yeah like yeah that's it's those feelings and those attributions of myself that are like held on to I'm like oh yeah. like this is who just I am just took the mic back a little bit yeah this is who I am sorry yeah no you're right yeah um and did you find also like competition by being different especially like you know having um that different demographic around and being like you know you know from australia or whatever did you did you feel you had to hold your own or put on a, a tough front like at school or anything i think um what was interesting because i was in primary school mm. but the boarding school was for high school so i was always with older kids and i was always like the youngest so i remember like playing basketball and like stepping on someone's shoes mm. and then them being like you got to go clean my shoes and being like oh like i gotta go clean the shoes like mm. i'd have to go run get tissue paper and like you know clean it clean it clean the shoes yeah and like i don't think it was so much of that competition but definitely like a lot of ego mm. and like and 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 stuff like that but yeah Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so like okay so yeah i'm i'm, I'm kind of getting where this is going like yeah. you know because you're you're coming into your 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 manhood but it's kind of mm. getting directed in the wrong way through influence of um and i think we'll we'll get into this a bit later but it's like you know we have for for masculine energy and archetypes you know king warrior magician lover you know we have the boy and we have and we have the man in each archetype so you know when we're coming into this energy we have this masculine energy of the lover but as the boy you don't know how to direct it so the boy as a lover is like you sleep around with girls you don't respect them blah blah mm. but as the lover as a man it's like you hold you 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 know protect you care for you respect yes you know what i mean kind yes. of thing when it comes to you know warrior it's a bully mm. you know that comes out as a bully until you know how to direct it mm. you know just but that energy the masculine energy so you're coming into your and that's what's scary especially without having good influence good elder influence or whatever it's like yeah, you've got this um, subculture happening in the world that you were directing to mm. and trying to find your place in the world yeah. and yourself. So, yeah, so yeah, so how did this how did this keep playing out? Yeah, and I'd just like to say, like, obviously there was a, a lots of amazing times during that. Like, my, my parents, we took me and my sister and we, we traveled, you know, a lot of countries of Europe and we experienced a lot of different cultures and stuff. But there was always this sense of, like... Uh, yeah, not understanding who I am. And um, so we moved back to Australia when I was 12 years old and finished grade grade seven. And this is when like sport became a big part of my life. Like I was, mm. um, when I hit puberty, like I, I got really, I got quite tall. I was always the tallest in my class, good at footy, played rugby. I was really good at swimming. And then, um, yeah, so I, I started going to Ipswich Grammar School on a swimming scholarship and again like like didn't like to like associate myself as a swimmer yeah. like i'd rather be a rugby player type thing like yeah i don't know if that makes sense to you but like i thought like swimming's not cool like rugby's cool mm. and then i became like i got really into rugby and then like yeah in in those high school years is when i really really attracted more of the energy and that's when i like you know would start 
getting in trouble at school, like graffitiing, petty crime. Was this, do you reckon, influenced by others? Like that others were doing it, so you jumped on board? Or was it, or was honestly, it more like you just... Honestly, not. Honestly, it was like me. Honest, yeah. Like, to be honest, like, I would go and like ransack the bags of kids like training yeah. and I would go through the bags and take people's money and stuff like that was it because you were bigger too so it was the ego coming out as in like hey no one's gonna fuck with me as in like you're looking for a challenge you're looking to prove yourself or was it where, where do you think that came from you know being from like a good family because normally like we look at this stuff and it's like oh you know oh it's like they weren't getting love at home yeah. so they were blah blah but it, you had that yeah. so it's like I don't, I honestly don't know. I think it's like, honestly, a combination of me trying to be like, trying to create this, this character that, that's a, like a gangster. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to like, that's who I am. That's the music I'm listening to. Um, yes, I am. There's aspects of like me trying to like, be cool and, and be mean and be this kind of like, this like heart yeah but, create this yeah. fictional character that wasn't ever me you yeah know? you just but yeah you're being influenced you know what i mean yeah. at an influencing time and you're sitting there and that's what they're doing yeah you're hearing it in your ears when every time you listen to wu-tang exactly. or tupac yeah, exactly. or whatever you know and you're like oh yeah like yeah fuck yeah yeah like, let's let's roll these bitches you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah exactly i remember like i remember moments of like like having like my mum and dad like asking me to like catch a train somewhere and like walking walking through Ipswich at night to the train station like listening to uh, Murder Was The Case by Snoop Dogg and you're like wow like mm -hmm. I'm out in the streets and it's like scary yeah. and I, like it's exciting like, it was really exciting it was mm. like it was like adventure I, I, I even remember that as, as kids here in, in Palmy like cruising around the street we used to go skating and everything there was always drama there was always trouble and it was exciting it was because so it was like exciting. you're like whoa like what's gonna happen it was like a whole adventure but it was like yeah I, I get it i can relate to it yeah. you know being that teenager's rebellion mm. do you do you think anything had to do with from being such a good family that expectation on you to be a good son or to be a good christian that it was like a, a part of you rebelling from that as in just or you just think it just was just happening it was I, just that yeah, influence. I, I don't think it was like a rebellion because throughout this my parents were still like <laughs> really accepting mm. and like like yeah you can be who you want you can wear what you want you can you yeah. know listen to you want like i don't want to hear swear words but like you yeah. know it was very open and that's what i was attracted to and like i was still like accepted so there wasn't like a really that pushback i think it was just yeah like you said what what was happening did it, were they getting reports back from school like were mm. you getting caught and like how was that affecting your home life i remember like yeah it it did start affecting my home life Probably like yeah, around like grade ten and eleven. In in grade eleven, I got in trouble with the police. Just stupid, just absolutely stupid stuff. When I was, I used to put myself in just really bad situations. Mm. Like I used to be friends with like the we used to call them city bums. There would be like homeless kids that lived in the city, and I would like go hang out with them and like. Mm. and like they would have drink cups and you just like you know like what we said like it was exciting and I, I would you know I came from this amazing family of loving and acceptance and I'm like putting myself in these terrible situations mm. 
you know, I saw, and like being a kid in those situations, like I saw violence and I saw terrible things, you know, happen. Um, but yeah, for some reason I was just attracted to it and I, I put myself there and I, I, yeah, I don't know why. Mm. Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm guessing like any kid that's doing that right now doesn't know why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, it's even me, like I remember getting in trouble at school like, why'd you do that? And you're like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why did you think that was funny or something? Or like, why? You know, and you're like, I don't know. I just did it. Like, I don't know. Because exactly, you don't have that level of self-awareness. Mm. Yeah. So, how is this? Okay. So, and also like Ipswich, like when you say Ipswich, my cousins, they're, they're Tongan. Um, half my family's Tongan and they all grew up in um, Woodridge. Yep. And I know like Ipswich and Woodridge and that and Logan. And Allah. Um, and it, it, was, it could all be pretty pretty bad as well. Yeah. It was like, you know, the outskirts of Brisbane, a lot of um, crime, a lot of little gangs and everything. So are you starting to see that around you as well? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And like... And it's like hero status. It's ego heightening. Like, and yeah. That's, yeah, you're getting attracted to it because you're a young young boy turning into a man and don't know where to put his energy, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And I was, yeah, I was attracted to all that type of gang culture, all the different like local gangs in the city that would like meet up and have fights. And like, you know, it was it was really so entertaining. Were you, were you getting into fights? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was getting And were they, getting were they exciting you? Uh, like that that ego of like oh don't fuck with me or oh, here's yeah, a challenge yeah oh, he wants to fight me let's go yeah exactly I remember some of the fights like like just like being a buzz after it like yeah like like I won or you know I, I beat someone up and yeah and like kind of fueling that that you know deformed ego that I'm that I'm you know mm-hmm. creating and yeah so but at the same time like sport is still a big part of my life uh this part of my life i'm in like grade 11 grade 12 start smoking weed Mm. quite heavily and like you know these days you can do what you want but like if you're young and smoking weed in those formative years it's really negative for you i believe that i believe like in those years when your brain is still being formed it's it's really negative for you because you you can get stuck in a rut and so i graduated grade 12 Sportsman of the Year award. Wow! I grad in grade eight. I got Sportsman of the Year award as well. Uh, grade yeah, grade twelve Sportsman of the Year award. Um, I captain Queensland rugby team in grade twelve. Oh, Queensland wow. combined secondary school team for rugby union. Yeah, captain the Met West team that went and played at states. So you're right on the edge. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. right on the edge of like good kid, bad kid here. And you can see how many different identities I'm playing. Yeah. I'm like a Christian. I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing rugby and I'm like hanging out in these stupid bad circles, mm. you know, gangster and on. Um, yeah. What a real. The year after I graduated, I did my cert three and four in fitness, yeah. as you do when you finish school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was playing rugby for um, Brisbane South and I had a girlfriend. And they all, they all ended at the same time, right? So I finished my set four, rugby season finished, and I broke up with my girlfriend at the same time. And I was really depressed. And I actually, I actually tried to kill myself in the year after high school. And 
you know, it's confusing to people. It's confusing to me because yeah. it's like, I'm this guy that, you know, you I'm good at sport. I sports win a year award. have all these things going for me. And like, that's where my mentality was. What Do you know where that came from? Like what, like, was there a build up to it? Or was it just suddenly like, you just suddenly felt like you just were, were like, yeah, I, it was pretty quick. Like, I was de- is, was definitely like depressed when all those things c- came. Do, do you remember when through, went through your mind that day, like where that went to? Yeah, it's 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 kind of okay. If I'm honest, because I was born in, in <coughs> a house of of faith and believing mm. God, and I I knew that like if I took my life that like my reality so my reality is if I die the next thing I know is I'm waking up and it's the second coming yeah so but that's a kind of like that's a that's a dark way to put it yeah that's like that's not good you know what I mean and like one thing I've learned in my life there's one it's it's one thing to die for love and die for for God but it's a whole nother thing to live for God Mm. And that's a big lesson that I've learned. Mm. And so when that happened, my parents were kind of like, what the hell's going on? Like, you just like, you live like this good life. You, you have everything a relationship with us. You're playing rugby. You're sportsman of the year award. Like, what is going on? You just finished your set four. You got your whole life in front of you. And you just try to gas yourself in the car. Like, what is your, what, what are you doing? You know? And so um, they actually, I spoke with them and the... And this is about 19? This is 18. 18, nine, man, it's... Yeah, I can relate to that energy at that time, even of my life, of just of just being so lost. Mm. It's like you're going through life. I, in my life around 18, 19, I remember the same thing. I was... Not the same thing, but I, I remember I broke up with this girlfriend that I had and... I d- you just don't know what you do. You don't have a place in the world. You don't. You don't know who yourself is, and I just remember being so lost and lonely, and 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 life feeling dark because you don't know enough about it yet. I just, yeah. And I I remember I, I didn't never got to the point of you know suicide or anything, but I just remember that at the girlfriend that I had at the time when we broke up, I remember her neighbour um, killed himself. He put a. And I just remember, like, I come around and like, all the cops are there and everything, and he had killed himself in the car. And I was there, and he's like, oh, he commits suicide. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, wow, that's a... I just remember thinking, oh, that's a way. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? It's like, a, it's like, yeah. a, it's like, because you... It's like, I don't know how to explain it either, because I wasn't self-aware enough. But I just remember thinking, like, I just didn't know where I was or where I was going or what, how, what it, if anything meant anything. I just... But yeah, so so for you, like with your family after this, did you did you wake up to it, or did you just not get it? Like that meant that mentality of like, of yeah, like I knew that I that there was more to live for. I def I knew there was more to live for. Though, and what what we did was to trying to create some type of direction or something. My parents. I moved to Darwin. So I've got um, my godfather. Yeah. He's a great man called Matthew Tamatai. So he's my godfather. His daughter is like same age as me and we were like best friends when we were born. She's like 
one of my oldest oldest best friends and I look up to her dad a lot and that this great awesome Solomon Islander family mm-hmm. and I went and lived <laughs> I went and lived with him and worked in a um, in a crocodile farm oh wow <laughs> yeah in a, in a crocodile farm I was uh, he was a head landscaper then I was landscaping as well the in the crocodile farm and yeah just kind of try to get some direction and I really like yeah I I started to like turn back to God Mm. in this way in this period of my life because like there was nothing to do we're living in Palmerston and Darwin there's like no social life it was just like go to work go Mm. to go to church on Saturday just like real just like just yeah real bad living and you know it was it was good for me and you know he he taught me taught me how to work Mm. and stuff like that and what what I started to do was I was like I kind of made like a deal with God Mm. I where I I wrote down a prayer and I started to read the Bible and I was like you know what God like I'm going to I'm going to read this prayer every night and I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible every night. And, and then when I move back to Brisbane, you're going to give me, get me back with this girl and you're going to give me this job. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works, man. (laughs) (laughs) If if anyone knows anything about faith, it does not work like that. Yeah. You know? And so that's what, that's, I I held on to that. So like Mm. I had this prayer that I would say and I was reading the Bible and I was like really into it and then like time came when I was like oh, I've been in Darwin for too long I moved back to Brisbane and um, you know God's going to give me exactly what I want exactly how I want it mm-hmm. and you know and you know in the Bible there's heaps of examples of people doing this well, it's, it's, I think it's like anything in life that you put expectation on you know what I mean and it yeah. doesn't like it's like yeah it's like you're still trying to control you know destiny it's like you're still trying to control it in a way it's like oh if i do this but you have to give me this it's like yeah yeah it's yeah so i moved back to moved back to brisbane and of course it didn't happen of course it didn't happen and um i got really sour Mm. i got really sour and i got really sour towards god Mm. and i remember hanging out with my friends once and I was like you know what like I'm I've tried I've tried to be good and and God didn't give me what I wanted and so now I'm gonna try to be bad yes and I know you're a spiritual man Shanks and I know that you know when you put words into existence Mm. you're asking Mm. you're putting the out there you're putting the energy out you, there right? it, yeah. you have opened yourself up mm. and that's exactly what I believe happened I put sure. those words out there and I and I, I I said it aloud and I invited whatever your understanding of of energies spirits whatever your understanding is I invited that into my life and mm. and it was that was that was a pivotal moment in my life because that's when I started going out and I started, yeah, so started. Yeah, pretty much you're in your ego. You're in your ego with all your primal masculine energy 
you know, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, all all coming out as a boy, all coming out with um, vengeance or ego. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, that's like, um, it's a bad mix. <laughs> oh, bro. Especially from like what I've, you know, just gone through and mm. like, you know, the, le- the, the levels I'm willing to take mm. things, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if, you know, if, you know, harming myself is an option already, then yeah. it's obvious that I'm, I have, you know, little self-respect. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so... I just yeah, just kind of dived into the the nightlife, and um, you know, it's all you know, it's all wide-eyed at that age. Like yeah, this is amazing, it's this an, is, and it's exciting. This is, it, I, yeah, this is this is who I am. You know, this is this mm. is so fun. I'm gonna do this every night. You know, and you know, I I tried to you know party as much as I could, and yeah, just something. I don't, I don't know but like I feel like as soon as I was, I was I was out there I would always I would always have people come up to me like hey bro like can you get me on yeah yeah I, I was about to say like did you start dealing because you're saying like the nightlife and getting attracted to it the other thing in the nightlife I, I just it just brought me back to being in the nightclubs and being that dude and I, I remember actually I remember I was like 15 or 16 15 yeah, it would have been 15 and we're at 13th Ave here at Palmy and, and some older, some of the older boys were there and they were, um, and I was in, in this apartment up there and one of the boys came in with this bag of ecstasy and I'm talking a bag of like fucking 5,000 or 10,000 ecstasy, <laughs> like this big bag yeah. and puts it on the table and then it's like, oh, you just want one? I was like, nah, nah, I don't want one. Like, And then the other boys were like, yeah, no, we're having one. And then I remember we snuck into the pub no, they took me to a nightclub. It wasn't the pub. It was, they took me to a nightclub in Broadie and I got in underage. And I remember my mates, everyone was just coming up to them and they were the men. Yes. They were the dudes. And I remember going, oh, fuck. Like, and I remember my mate going, oh, man, I'm going to start dealing this shit. I'm going to get them. Like, because we're looking at these guys and everyone's coming up. Everyone wants to talk to so them. Everyone popular. wants to. And it looks fucking cool, you know? <laughs> yes. Meanwhile. <laughs> Like, if you actually fast forward, I'm so lucky I didn't. A few of the boys did, and they went down too. And, and that mate, he ended up getting addicted. It was his uncle who was the big top dog that he was getting them off. Yeah. He ended up getting a fuck addicted to the shit, eating and not giving the money to his uncle. All, like, getting chased, yeah. getting his legs broken. Yeah, like, it just... <laughs> yeah, it, I just remember it. But anyway, like, I'm... Se- oh, man, I'm just seeing it. It's like... <laughs> you know what I'm... Yeah. It's the temptation. We're yeah. always going to get tempted. And and that's where... Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. But so you're, you're seeing this. You're seeing... Yeah, you're in I'm, the nightlife. I'm, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing transactions that are going through. I'm... I'm... I'm someone that just had people coming up to me mm. before I was doing anything and be like, hey man, can Well, you look like on? a guy you wouldn't fuck with. So it's like that guy's gonna probably got him. Exactly. He knows yeah. that shit. And yeah. it's always been like that. Even even when I was even when I was younger, like when I was like, yeah, innocent. Mm. <laughs> and so like, oh I need to I need to do this. You know? So hit up hit up someone, gave gave me something and then like, you know, sold it in like two hours. I'm like, wow, like well, this is like something I'm 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 good at, and then like and then like get more, and then and then sell that, and then and yeah, just from there just starts compounding and compounding and compounding. 
So you start making money and start becoming the man. The yeah. ego's the ego's and it's getting finally fed. like finally like this is who I am. This is the one thing I've been searching for my whole life. Like this is the gangster rap is telling me that that I'm this is the life I was supposed. To. It all makes sense now. Oh, like fuck, it's dangerous. It's like wow. Like it's it was like the puzzle pieces coming together. Like I actually was putting in work and I was actually making like yeah thousands of dollars. And I'm like whoa. Like people already coming up to me before I was doing this. So of course, fuck, you know. Did you, and, did you have any like um? any self-realizations at the time of like, or oh, maybe this could get me in trouble or, or I could get caught or should I be smart? Like, were you being smart around it? Yeah, I was being smart. I, I, I was, I had precautions that was smart. So like when I was selling in the clubs, I wouldn't actually hold anything. I would have like a girl with me who would hold like, like, I don't know, two to 500 pingers and then a mate with me that would hold the money and then I will just stand there red hot, just look like, the worst like like a big deal and then someone will come up to me and be like hey can i do and then i'll be like yeah to the money here's the drugs and then just like work like that and then so if it, did someone tell you how to do this plan or how'd you get introduced to this style just yeah just like you, you just realize that yeah, you look I, like the target I just, just look police like the, are coming in they're gonna look at you yeah 100 percent. and and if and then i could live do this like being red hot and I remember there was there was times when I was in. There used to be this this place called Biscuit Factory. That was literally what it was called in Fortnite, <laughs> the Biscuit Factory. And I had um, these these like like I'm only like 19 at this stage, 19, 20, and I have like these 30 year old like jacked up steroid dudes of like you know freaking bandudo tatted across their forehead and crosses on their forehead like come over and be like hey man like how much you got i'm like yeah bro i got heaps like what how much you need and then they go back to their friends and then five come over and be like hand it over and i'm standing like in the smokers area everyone's watching and like this is a i remember this being one of those things that like really pumped my ego and i was like look man i i don't know what you're talking about and because i knew i didn't have anything on me and they're like you know you just told our friend that you got it like handed over i'm like nah man like i'm not handing it over and like i pull my i pull my pants down and like pull my undies down and like look i got nothing on me i was just joking and like and that was like a moment of like that like really like Whoa. fueled so, my ego oh, I'm i like, can I'm get a, away with this i'm a i'm a gangster now like i just stood up to them like i held my ground like like and then everyone else around me is like wow did you see i used to be called stussy and like did you see what stussy just did like he just stood up to those to those bikies and like you know it's just this like this fueling this oh shit you know this this ego that I have and so like how much money are you making at a, as a 19 year old Did so you found a supplier found did a you supply. have like one common supplier I uh, always changed always changed yeah you get stuffed around a lot and you're waiting for different people never had a good plug like it was always and so so how much are you buying like cash wise like how much are you spending it's all tick you get it all tick you get I would get ticked like what do you mean tick what does that mean like uh credit. Like, like yeah you, you get, get it given first it and, and then, then you and then you and then you make it and then you sell and then you give them back the money so i'll you know at, at this stage I was probably getting a box which is like a thousand thousand a week and i would probably sell like like two to five hundred personal 
which makes heaps of money and then like i'd sell like five for like maybe like a few hundred packs as a bulk and then bulk. sell them to other people that will sell them holy well. shit so how much money are you making a week for like a 19 year old like two to two to four thousand dollars a week shit did you ever not be able to give the money to the dude like did you ever lose out or did you ever get robbed yeah. or like yeah man yeah heaps how like oh bro um i don't even want to yeah i uh, like there's always drama man i had like you know people getting robbed yeah like he's some people that i sell to coming up short and then i have to front them and then <laughs> it, it kind of got it got bigger bigger than that as well like and then it got to the stage where like i wouldn't i wouldn't go to the clubs i would just be like set up in a hotel and I'd be getting like, you know, a couple thousand a week. And then like people would come to me and I'd sell them like maybe 500, a couple couple hundred, or I'll give it to my runners. And then I'd go into the clubs at like th- 3 a.m. Everyone's like, you know, munted and I'll go pick up my money and then I'll go back to the. And at this stage, I'm like, I'm like heavily into drugs, man. Like I'm, I'm you know, ecstasy's like, you know, nothing. So you're starting to, even though you're dealing, so you're starting to take it. I'm eating heaps, you know. Um, That was my, that was my tactic when I started. If I was like, if I, this is sad, but like, yeah, that was my tactic when I started. Like, if I look like I'm having the best time, then people are going to come up and ask me more. And so, you know, I, I was, I was using heaps. I was always, always smoking weed every day. Like, yeah, it was normal just to be on, you know, heaps of, heaps of eckies a week and then i started in like the pharmaceutical drugs so like i was real big into xanax and valium and what xanax did was it's an anti-anxiety drug so it takes away any anxiety so i can continue being this super red hot man and just like not care and i can just like run i can drive my car with you know five thousand pills in it like you know screeching through through the streets and you know just living this stupid life because i'm because what because my my consciousness is turned off if you know mm. what i mean because i'm just so indebted by drugs and then like cocaine and man how are you spending the money clothes clothes hotels car, what type of car were you driving uh i was driving uh one of those toyota 86 A6s for a while. It wasn't even my car. Just like it was just a car that like someone gave to me. Um, so you're get, you're getting deep. Are you realizing you're getting deep in the gangster world? Oh yeah, like so this, is, you, this is me. Are like, you ever feeling like too like you can't like were you getting nervous or scared like you can't get no, out? No, because like, I was on Zanny. Like I was on drugs the whole time. So anytime like I would get like anxious and stuff, and then I'd be like, oh, I need like I need to get on it, and like. I'm not work. Obviously, I'm not working. I'm just like living from like Thursday to Sunday. Like I'm still at my parents. I go home, sleep at my parents during the week, and then like we'll go back out. And um, it, I was like in with this cool crew, and there was like a few of us. We're all doing it together. We're all making his money, like going out to dinner, you know, having cool parties. And I, um, it was one Australia Day, and. You know, I'm starting to feel cool about myself. Like I've, you know, I fit, I belong. I'm in this crew, and are I, you trusting everyone as well? Like your full trust, like your that's mates. That's one are, of my issues. I, f- 
I trust people too much, like my whole life, and mm. I have, and throughout this, I have empathy for people. So yeah. like my my true my true identity does come out throughout this, but like I have this like stupid trust in people. Mm. And um, the, yeah, this one Australia Day, I took you know, I took so many drugs. I would have taken you know ecstasy ecstasy from Europe, cocaine, Valium, oxycodone. Xanax, weed, like a lot of drugs, and I freaking entered a psychosis. And I was at a party with my mates, and full entered a psychosis, went full crazy, like, like, yeah, full. Like anger, like anger, like what what went through your mind, or you just don't even know? Do you remember it? I do. But it's too much to share. Yeah. Okay. I do remember, and like. I'm just like ruined, like like just made the worst fool of myself in front of like this cool group that I'm with. I've like ruined all those relationships and I'm just like standing in the middle of the road waiting for the cops to come. Like screaming, you know, like mm. fully just like just lost it. My reality was like and and I thought I was like I at the time I thought like I was clear and like I was winning. Yeah. Like, like, and um, I remember being in the holding cell. I got arrested and being in the holding cell and um, and just, like, laughing at the cops. Like, haha, you don't know, like, what my plan is. Like, I'm, I'm actually the smarter one now. And, like, and, like full freaking, full out of it. And because I'd been on, because they had, they had records of me being suicide. So, I'm in a, sh- then they put me in a padded cell and I'm in, in a schmock. And... I start to come to and just be like, oh, WTF, like, yeah, well, where am I? What have I done? Everything starts coming back to me, like, oh, and just all that shame and that oh guilt God, and that it. freaking, like, all that just comes rushing back to me. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I just, like, ruined all those relationships, just made the biggest fool of myself I just got arrested like I'm freaking naked in a padded cell right now and um I got I got released like got some got a public nuisance charge indecent exposure and like I I remember like just going home and just like laying in my bed for a couple of days and just feeling so terrible and like coming down and um Oh my God, you're coming down too oh, with that shame. Oh and I told my you I God. took all those, like the most amount of drugs I'd ever taken. Mm. And have you have you messaged anyone to say sorry or you just, it's just too... I, yeah, I, I, not at that stage. Like, you just yeah. like, can't understand it yet. And, yeah. um, and it was actually at this stage where I remembered like, you know, something that I was taught in my childhood. It's like that, like, if you ask for peace in Jesus's name that he'll give it to you and I was in this shame and I was coming down I was like oh like Jesus can you give me peace and and I got it and like in that shame in that coming down I started to like feel good Mm. I feel felt good and I slowed down and I fell asleep and like I remember that as like a real feeling that I had Mm. felt like I asked for peace and it overcame me and I felt at peace. And um, yeah, from that point on, I, I kind of I kind of took a break for a little bit. 
um, I didn't like take uppers for a month or two, and I didn't I didn't start dealing again. And I kind of I kind of yeah I remember th- I remember that feeling of peace, but I felt so good that I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And then like I just started living living my life again. Well, you'd created a pattern for yourself, you know. It's so it's so easy to fall back into because that's everything that you're doing day to day mm. you know one moment ain't not gonna change it like exactly. that you know yeah, yeah so I, I took a little break for a while and then um yeah and then because i had i had some money i had some money that i had saved up so um i was like yeah i'll, I'll jump back on it i met some people and they sent like like good connects and um are your old crew off you? You're not touching base with them or like... Yeah, it's, there's still that contact, but it's, it's different. Like, yeah. yeah, you're not one of us anymore, yeah. you know. And so I met some new crew and um, and <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Yeah. I'm going to share, share this yeah. story. Um, I, I shared this story with my mom the other day. I don't know how she feels about it, but um, so I met these guys and they're like, yeah, 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 we're like, yeah, we can hook you up, right? <laughs> and um, so I <laughs> I got this money. I meet up with someone. He's like, yeah, I'll meet up with my cousin. We go meet up with his cousin. We're just like waiting in the park. And then his cousin's like, yeah, yeah, I got someone. He's just waiting. So I'm like waiting with these guys all day long. And then I get a call from one of my one of my younger guys being like, yo, like, I just got a, like an order for something big. Like, you got something? I'm like, yeah, just wait up. <laughs> Have you put two and two together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you put two and two together? Yeah, yeah. So I'm there waiting all day. Like my mates calling me like, bro, these guys are waiting. I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting too. I was waiting for myself oh the my whole God. freaking a, day. It's just right? a circle going. It's just a circle. Come back to me. <laughs> so Yeah. You're, like your bro's going, oh, when my bro gets on, then I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bro. That should have been my sign not to mess with these guys. But yeah, that was, I was dumb and found someone else and, um, yeah, and I got back on it, and then I started um, started hanging out with this other crew, and um, they went into partying, but their partying was different. Their partying was more ice. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, and so I would just like hang out with them because they would have like a spot, or you know the whole time and then I could like set up there and then like like at a nightclub like, nah like in a in a hotel somewhere oh, yeah, in the yeah. city and then I could like set up there and yeah. then like and then like operate all night through there and they're they're up partying it was always a party you know they had DJ wherever they went they had DJ decks would set up like DJ decks and um I wasn't like I wasn't I wasn't touching touching the ice but and then uh then one one night I was on the, I was on the Zannies and the Coke and when you take the Zannies like you just got no inhibition like yeah. there's like nothing to stop you from doing like you like you have no what's the word like conscience yeah you know and um and then I I, I snorted like a big line of of rock and I went on this bender for like three days partying with these guys fully forgot what day it was all that stuff and um yeah i remember it came to an end like couldn't remember how long i'd been there for or anything like that 
um, and I remember like the feeling of it, you know, that clarity of being on the rock and being like, I still had that, I still live at mum and dad's, I still had that relationship with them and it was a urge in me, it was the biggest urge that ice was like calling me and was like, like I wanted to throw everything away and just trap ice. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it felt that good. It was it giving. It felt me, that good. It was better than the mother's like, hug. It was yeah. better than the the dad's. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I can see what you mean. Yeah, like, I I wanted to throw away everything else and just like be on ice, trap ice, and run that game. Like I'm like, this is the game that I want, and like I didn't do that, and like I fought against that, but that was like it was the biggest you. urge in me. From someone that comes with a great family, didn't like like I obviously had trauma and and stuff, but didn't like not trauma compared to like a lot of people have and like mm. well, we all have pool, childhood yeah. trauma, but you didn't, you didn't yeah, yeah 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 and and that pull in me and I I didn't do that, but I did I didn't like what yeah danced with uh, it yeah I I did I danced with it and it wasn't like all time all the time like every day all the time stuff, but it was like you know once a week and like when you use it you, you know you're using it for like two to three days and and um yeah and then the game the game really switched up at that point because like yeah it kind of just takes everything away from you you know you you it just takes everything away from you you're like people that aren't bad like you just lie you cheat you steal like it's just it's just weird it's like that's just like you just can't not lie like I suppose just, it's attracting a different crowd than, oh, the, than the businessman oh, cokehead you know yeah bro and mm. um so i started playing in that world and i started i started you know robbing people i started Shit. i started you know setting you know setting people up and robbing and then and that eventually started you know happening to me and i remember i remember having a big bender one one time at the gold coast and then coming back home came back with a girl i've run inside to i was living in granny flat outside my mum and dad's place ran in in with this girl and this she jumps in the shower she's like can you go grab my bags i left them in the car run down grab my bags come back in the house and just boom shotgun straight to the face what yeah i'm just getting i'm just getting beat up on the floor these two massive islander guys have got that girl that i i brought home a gun to her head in the shower they're just like where is it you know and i'm trying to fight them off and then they run away they were waiting in my granny. They were waiting there for me. I didn't see them when I first came home. I was two in a daze. I was, I was too, uh, I was, you know, too, too gone on the bender to defend myself or anything. They, they didn't, they didn't take my product or my money. But they like, they took like stupid shit, like like my Gucci bags, and my gold gold wallet and stuff like that. And my parents come out like, what's going on? I've got blood everywhere. I freaking, I'm like, don't call the cops. Don't call the cops ambulance is coming cops do arrive because the ambulance is there i'm like giving them money to hide they're going what are you doing like what is happening 
and I, you know, I had to go to hospital. I had a I had a collapsed lung. You know. They, oh my they, god! So they proper like. Yeah, they they beat me. They they beat me. Um. And you know. And this poor girl. <laughs> poor girl, that poor girl. Yeah, I feel for her. Um, and then. Yeah, I'm in the hospital. I'm like, I'm checking myself out in the hospital. I'm too scared to go home, so I go and just start up again in a in an in an apartment in the city, and just start going again. And I and I'm at this state. I had a collapsed lung, so I couldn't smoke any cones. And I'm like, Are, are you are you feeling more angry or resentment? What's your ego like? You're doing all this, and then you got rolled. Are you are you feeling like you need to like need to get get better you all need to get back or back at them or you need uh, what's the word that i'm looking for your Revenge. reputation yeah it's like absolutely you know what i mean you, is your ego in that world now like bruised yeah it kind of solidified like oh like this is this is who i am this is a part of it you mm. know what i mean like this is what it comes with like are you going to back down now or are you going to keep going hard and i think that's that ego it was like mm. no like, like this is what you signed off for like come on you, you need to you need to drill this and so like i, I checked out and in, checked myself out went to a hotel like starts i set up there and, and like I was, I was too scared to go home and i couldn't smoke any weed so i was just like drinking freaking pain stop to try and like give me some type of high because you know all i wanted to do was like smoke weed if i had this collapsed lung and yeah is yeah life life was not was not good um this is just such a different world for you know where we are right now i know to where we are right now (laughs) to any and but the thing is like a lot of people listening it's like they would have danced on the edge of this at some point or been somewhere Mm. and seen that world looked into it being intrigued by it wondered by it maybe been tempted by it maybe they are in it Mm. you know what i mean like this is this is like important shit man to, Mm. to share this so, so yeah. So you're, you, when that guy had the the gun in your face or whatever, was that? I had a gun in my face before that as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's what I was about to ask. Is like this, is this the world that you're getting into now that it's normal to to have guns? People having guns on yeah. them, but you having a I gun remember, on you. I remember because I used to set up in this club and I used to kind of like run, not run the club, but like I used to like dominate dominate the game in that club so when like other people used to come in and try and sell because it was known for like you go there to get on yeah and then i had like a thing with the security guards that like they would tell me who it was and i could i'd tell them and they would go take it off them give it to me and i'd sell like give them stuff anyway yeah so i had this one experience when like this guy was selling in the club that i was in and then like i went and like robbed him in the toilets like how much he got and just you know, pin him up against the wall, took took it off him, and then like <laughs> I had these these bikies chasing me for like two two weeks. They found out who I was. They found out who my friends were. They rocked up to my my um, friend's mum's house. Like we're looking for so and so. Like texting us thirty three. Like you know all, all these. And I had to like I went and go pay the money. Like I don't I don't want this drama. Like I, I went and paid them the money that I took off the guy. And like they put a gun and pulled a gun on me on that time, and like I stood my ground again and again. That's like 
fueling my ego. <laughs> so, oh, like, but that's still smart. That's showing a bit of game that you like rocked up and said, "Hey, like here's the money back. It's just in my territory. You get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Like it's cool. Yeah, and, they were like, "Why? Why'd you do it?" I'm like, "For money. Like I, I set up this whole relationship at this club that I can, you know, work out of. Yeah, you know. Did they then, get it? They were like, "Well, come work for us." And I'm like, "Well, how much are you getting it for?" It was the same price. I'm like, "Well, there's, there's no point." Mm. Yeah. But did when they first pulled that gun on you, did it scare you? Did it shock you? Was that what you'd been waiting for that moment? Yeah, it was like, yeah, I don't know. I think I was just so fueled by my ego then that I didn't care. So it didn't scare you at all. Not at that time. Not at that time. Shit. I didn't feel like they were going to shoot me. They're going to. They weren't going to shoot me. Did you ever feel you should get a gun? I uh, yeah. We got yeah. I, I went down that road. Yeah. When when stuff went bad, the older at the end, the older boys would would give us guns to fix it. Mm. So, yeah. I understand it's it's hard, man, especially being on the other side of it. So, and and no pressure to share whatever you share, you you share yeah, that you no, want to share. Yeah, of course. And, and yeah, and you know, I've th- I've thought about your story a lot from just what I know, and and man, I th- I think it's. I said to my mum before, I said, what's beautiful, it's like we all have a past, but it's where we're going mm. and what we do with it and what we do with our lessons because I'm like, we all come into this life and we all fuck up. Yeah. Some of us fuck up more than others. Some of us do shit, but it's like to have that, to have all that energy and all that power and to, to wake up to it and come to a lesson, it's like, yeah. And like, I don't know, and like you said earlier, it's like I'm in my my own spirituality i always think like we've everything kind of happens for a reason mm. you know what i mean and and uh, i don't know I, I don't know i just i, no, I know I, we can change I, because I, i've changed so much throughout my life oh, bro like you know i know like i know who i am now mm. because of what i've gone through yeah, like and that's and i'm very confident in myself now yeah. because i know what i've been through yeah. like like, I don't think I could have, like, this much confidence and self-understanding mm. and, like, direction and, like, yeah. understanding the duality of life if I haven't, like, yeah. if I didn't, you know, go through what I went through. And the, the world needs dangerous men, but the world needs dangerous men that come with love. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. It's like, it's better to have a warrior than a gardener, the warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. You know what I mean? It's yes. better to have someone who knows how to pull a sword. Yes. And, and never put, and never, what's the word? It's like someone who knows how to fight a sword, but never come out of the sheath. Yes. Then someone just with us, oh, whatever the thing is. It but makes it's sense, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you get it. It's <laughs> like, it's, I remember my shaman told me, once she she had some visions of me or whatever and and when i was going through this like hardship time in my life and i was and i was doing some some ceremonies and stuff and i was having these visions come through and everything and and i and just and the shaman through a bit of understanding she and it, it was funny because it all comes in my star song or whatever she does like your birth and everything and and with your energies and she she said um i forget the healer's name but she said you're part of this healer Oh, I forget how to explain it, but basically she said you need to feel the world's pain to be able to heal it, right? So it's like if you're a healer, you know, it's like you're, you're a healer yourself can because you're here, you're doing this. Yeah. You know, you're on this path right now, you're sharing your story, you're coming here with love. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like, 
how are you ever going to reach those people in severe trauma if you don't know how to fucking walk yes. the walk? Yeah, if you like, don't know how to relate, if you don't know how to talk. So I, I, I get it and just, yeah, it's, I, I fucking find it interesting as fuck. I find people that have been to the darkest places on the planet and come out the other side as a fucking loving warrior. Mm. I, f- I find that like the most beautiful thing ever. You know, it's the hero. It's our favorite books of that. It's like, who is the hero? The hero is the person that dives into the underworld to fight the dragon. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, who's Superman? He fucking learned to fight his whole <laughs> life, you know, and then he goes and fights evil, you know, but he had to fucking dance with it <laughs> first, you know, to be able to get that strength. But yeah, so, okay, man. So your, your life's getting pretty, pretty full on here at this point. You know, you're getting robbed. You're getting guns pulled at you. You're getting to the point where you're arming yourself, you know, like, yeah, like you, you're getting into this dangerous world of ice too and, and when no one's trusting each other and, and yeah. It's just full darkness. It's full darkness. All my thoughts are like evil. I'm like, you know, everything's a scheme. It's it really ugly, really mm. ugly. And surrounded by it. And a call came to a head this one night where I went to do a drop-off with someone that I knew. And we're driving in the car down there and I'm... It's out so the someone you trusted? Someone I knew. Yeah. And like I said, I trusted everyone, unfortunately. And it's in his car. We're on the way there. And it's like 30K worth of product. Shit. So this My, is what and one of, the, one of the boys said, oh, do you want to take the gun? And I was like, no, no, that's sweet. I remember that. And I'm like, my life would be a lot different if I took that gun. And I'm like, I'm not... I'm not what I look like now. I was like, I was a junkie. I was like 80 kilos. I'm 100 kilos now. Like I was like 20 kilos lighter. I'm literally in a bag, king, on the way down, on the way down to this to this drop. Get out the car. They're over there. Like three dudes walking over. Got my mate. Hey, what's going on? Got to shake his hand. They just, boom, ambush me hitting me hit it, hitting me with like like four by twos boom and just beating it's, the shit out of me where at, I, is this in like some car park this is in this is in like the outback uh, uh, like Springfield while Springfield is being built well so it's like in this development state like with no, b- one no one around and freaking I look back at my mate and he just like turns the other way I was like I just <gasps> so knew. he was in on it yeah he was in on it and they just beating me holy shit so your mate is in on it your mate knows he was an acquaintance but like I knew him you know I've done done business with him yeah Yeah. and they're just yeah they're they're beating they beat you saw that photo hey Mm. you saw that photo yeah yeah that's that's the aftermath of that night I was just yeah. So I the photo is him just yeah yeah. He's he's bloody bruised, my, um, swollen eyes. Uh, yeah. My head is like 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 a freaking pumpkin. And what are they th- saying while they're beating you? Do you? Are you even getting to like? No, I'm just on my hands and knees, just like just trying, trying to stay alive. Yeah, and yeah, they eventually drive off, and I just like I crawl to the closest house, and somehow, you know. The owner of the house came out, saw me, called the ambulance. I go to, call, go to the hospital. They call 
they're like, who are you? I'm giving them fake names. I don't want the cops to come. You know, I gave them my mate's name. They phone his mate's mum. Mate's mum calls my other friends. They come pick me up. They drive me back to the, the trap house. I'm in, like, you know, I'm in, like, you know, I'm I'm destroyed. Like, I've got, like, 30 stitches in my head. I've still got the scars from that night. Like, I'm bought. Why do they have to beat you so much if they're going to rob you? Why can't they just, like... You know? oh, yeah, there was there was history. Mm. There was history. Um and and I'm laying in this bed trying to recover while there's like the DJ decks out there, like I said, and people partying and I'm in this bed and then and then the older boys come because 'cause I've lost the product. So the older boys come. They've heard that I've like lost the product. They come to see me. Shit. And they come. You saw that photo of me. Like my head looked like a pumpkin. I've just been like working, you know, working with these guys for like the last however many months. I'm making these guys like I'm making these guys rich. I'm making these guys, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. They took one look at me, told me to sit up, punched me again in the face, threw me a gun, and said, "Fix it." Fuck. And I'm just like, how did, did they, how did that punch feel at uh, the time? I'm just, I'm just so gone at this stage, like, mm-hmm. and and I'm just like, what? And this is when it started to, this is when it all started to like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this shit? Like, mm. what the hell am I into? You yeah. know? And I started like, yeah. And, and you've got like. I've got oh. I've got to get this money back. Yeah, otherwise shit's like okay, what what's the repercussions if you didn't get the money back? People die. Like for 30k or People is it die. more because it's reputation? Yeah. Cuz it's yeah, it's, it's that People whole die. world of reputation. I I remember was it Chopper? I think it was Chopper. Someone saying like he always yeah, it was Chopper and saying like he always you know, go into a restaurant and have to sit in in the corner. He was always paranoid like someone, you know, Someone's after him. Always revenge. Like you can never relax. So it's mm. like, so if you, even though you're working for these guys, if you don't get that, it's like, There's or no loyalty. Or, or even if there you was, went and got another thirty grand or whatever yeah. to pay for it, it doesn't matter because it's the nah, respect thing. No, nah, no, nah. I had to get the money back. It's just the money. Yeah, I, they just care about the money. I had to make a statement, and I had to get the money back. What do you mean, make a statement? I had to do. Something. Oh yeah, you had to make your yeah. So fuck. So. So I had to go out and do something. I went, me and my mate went out and did something. Did you wait until you, like, healed? Yeah, yeah I waited until I healed. Didn't do, yeah, didn't do much, much of state. Like the bad stuff that I that I went to jail for, like, it wasn't it wasn't that. Yeah, and and this is actually when I started hanging out with um, my now wife, Savannah, because you know a lot of people don't know but savannah was was wound up in that life as well she was living she was living in a bikey house Mm. and i started hanging out with her and i'm like telling her things like i don't think i want to do this anymore like i'm really freaking stuck right now like i have to do something or else like you know 
like I have to do like I have to get this money back I have to do stuff like I can't is it, is I can't leave world? now and everyone knows everyone oh, too yeah. so it's a yeah. small world oh, so it's yeah. like and like even though I was young and like still you know still I'm still kind of low level there's still way more levels than me yeah. but I was starting to make a name for myself and stuff like that and you know people people starting starting to hear about me the old older older people you know and yeah that's when I started to be like you know I don't think I want to do this anymore like that's why I'm like I'm, I feel like I want to get out of this but I can't and I really was really stuck and um of course like everything that I'd gone through like my drug taking is just like through the roof just to like mm. just to like be okay just to like just to like maintain and just to like get through just to you know anything and I um I went out and you know I had one last big bender I had a big zanny and ice bender couldn't remember what I did that week in in maybe like a month or two after this and so have have you fixed the have you done your your I haven't got the money back yet yeah Um, but you're thinking you're gonna get out so fuck one last bender let's go for it is that what you well no it's just that's just just you're having a bender I'm just having a bender and just ended up being the last one yeah yeah okay okay yeah 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 Yeah. don't know what I you know gone off because the thing with Zanny's, you can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. Have you? Nah. No, I, yeah. no, I've, I've, You've been I around I would have it. had a Xanax before for sure. And I would have had a... Like, I've had Valiums before and yeah. stuff. But I've never I've never been um, a huge drug taker. Because yeah. I'm... Uppers don't do it for me. Like, I was, smoking weed does it for me. Because mm. I'm already up. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like... Yeah, of course I've dabbled and, and tried yeah. it all. But coke and stuff doesn't really... But, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, you just kind of lose lose your memory, and then at the end of that bender, there was like, uh, yeah, someone, and we and my yeah, some of the guys I was with, yeah, we did something really really bad, did something really bad, and then the next Monday, I'm sleeping in my bed and I get a knock, knock at the door. But by the time by this time, like I'm well known by the police. Police have raided my house before oh, the really? yeah. Police have raided my. I was there. I used to um. I used to like produce and and make music out of my house, and my mates were rappers, and so we used to we used to record music at at my place, and one time we were recording, my mate came in, one of the, my mates that I was you know hustling with, came in and put like 50k in my in my drawers. I'm like, don't be silly, bro. And I take the 50k out. And I put it in my ceiling, and I'm kidding not. Maybe ten minutes later, cops came. And if we had lost that money, we would have been, oh, oh it would have been shit. over, you know. And you know, so like that—that's another thing that like happened that like boosted my ego throughout that time of like, you know, I—I I was on, I was literally when the cops came round, I was at my desk emptying bags of a thousand and counting them out in the hundreds and they came at the door and i just grabbed like all these bags stuff them down my pants and like got away from it mm. you know and could you imagine when they left i'm like i'm yeah, a gangster like yeah you're like i'm smarter than them oh my gosh. Smarter like, than. you know and you know 
yeah, so it's the Monday after I did, I've done this terrible thing. Cops knocking at my door. Let them in. Hey, we've got to search warrant for this stuff. Like, yeah, whatever. Walked through. They couldn't find it. I'm like, all right, cool. Can I go back to sleep? And they're like, nah, you're coming with us. I was like, oh, this isn't good. Go down to the cop station. Or three of my other friends are there. Damn. And we're waiting in this, you know, waiting cell. The cops are like, you know, did you do this, this and this? And we're like, I'm like, you know, what do you want me to say? You know, we're not going to tell you anything. Um, and then we see, we see the TV out in the waiting room. We can, we'll look through the little, the little window and it's like, our faces on the Channel 7 News. I'm like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, we all get shipped off, off to Roma Street Watch House. And, um, yeah, we on the news at the Watch House, we see we're being charged with torture, kidnapping, kidnapping for ransom, deprivation of liberty, armed robbery, armed robbery, assault, all these, all these charges. And, I'm starting to be like oh like yeah like we're going to jail and I got separated from my friends because they have evidence that I had self-harm so I'm back in a schmock I've just come off this massive bender I'm in this schmock I'm in a padded cell Obviously, the shame that you're on the news, like, it's like, yeah. you can't, before it's like, you can hide shit from your family, like, yeah. now it's, it's, it's out. It's out. It's and, out. Um, the, the way you're living kind of thing, like, it's mm. like, yeah. So, I, they call me, like, Lloyd, you got your one phone call? I answer the phone. And my mom has just seen me on the news for her little boy, you know, mm. her little boy in England. Her little, her mm. little baby, Fuck torturing, man. kidnapping, mm. someone, and my mom goes, Cameron, I forgive you, and I love you. Oh fuck! And my heart broke, man. Oh, bro, bro, my heart broke, and and I just felt that love, and that acceptance, and that forgiveness. And and I, I was like, you know, I'm I'm sorry. And what strength for a mum to say in that time, man. And I'm laying, you know, I'm in this, mm. I'm in my schmock, and I knew I was forgiven. Yeah. I was coming down. I'm on my way to jail, and I started to feel at peace. Mm. And I'm started to be like, and I'm starting to breathe easy. And I'm starting to feel good. In that moment, on the way to jail, coming down, I started to feel better than I had in years mm. because I felt that forgiveness. I felt that peace. Well, and you felt acceptance. I, yeah. And, and that peace and that mm. love, it was overwhelming. And I couldn't deny it. And I knew my life had to change. I, it, was so, it was so powerful that I was like, like you know this is this is so clear to me right now and then i knew i knew like i really held on to god 
in those in those six days in that watch house because I didn't have my friends. My friends were in the in the normal area, mm. and I'm you know. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I hope I don't see my friends again, because I know if I see my friends again, then I'll draw off their confidence and I'll draw off their presence instead of me just being by myself and just having this relationship with God right now. Like I was mm. conscious about that even then, and. Yeah, of course, I get linked up back with them, shipped off, shipped off to Arthur Gorry, shipped off to the Roman Center, and yeah. So at my, this point, have you been charged? Yeah, been charged with, yeah. So my my lawyers like don't apply for bail. All my mates applied for bail. Shout out to Gemma Golding Wallace, and. Is that her name? Yeah, I think that's her name. My, <laughs> my, my lawyer. And she was actually a lawyer aide. So she was a free lawyer. And she was like awesome. And all my mates like paid paid money for their lawyers. And they all spent thousands of dollars applying for bail and all got rejected. Gemma told me, don't apply for bail. You won't get it. Not with your charges. So didn't apply for bail. Sent off to jail. And um, yeah, that's when, yeah, I'm in, I'm in jail. I'm like... Everything that I've done in my life, like all this, like it's all just like coming to me. Like, like I could have done anything in yeah. this world. I could have done anything. Like I had the whole world at my doorstep, and I'm now I'm here, sitting in jail. Do you um, remember what it was like walking into jail? Like, were you scared? Definitely, definitely like, wide-eyed. I man, something that super scared me. I went down through like this YouTube rabbit hole one day of watching prison fights and and all the shit of inside prisons and the pretty much the pecking order. It's like a chicken coop, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and when the fresh meat comes in, it's like everyone's got a you got. It's it, I've thought about it a lot. It's it's why we fight as teenagers as as young boys. Why like we punch each other up? It's in a way. It's nearly. I'm not. I'm not condoning it, but it's like. It's a way of finding our where we belong in the pack. It's a way of finding our strengths and our weaknesses, mm. and and it finding ourselves. And pr- it's, I don't know. It's in a yeah. I don't, I'm not saying like to beat each other up at all. I'm just saying like that's you know how why. good it was to wrestle with your mates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I just I get it. Yeah, like, it makes sense. And then, like, but then this is in the adult form. Yeah, survival. And of we the and we see it in the animal kingdom. Yeah. And it and it's like such a raw and it scares the fuck out of me. I've thought about it. And I'm like, oh my god, with like such a like kind of sensitive nature that I feel like if I went to jail, I'm fucked. <laughs> like it'd be such a like like yeah. was it was it scary? Like like did you did you, did you have to prep yourself or say anything to yourself? Or like, were you scared? Did you have to... It was kind of, you know, like, for where my life was headed, for, mm-hmm. for, my, criminal, for my criminal career, it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. Because you're now a real criminal. You're now a real crim. Like, it's, mm. like, it's like, welcome. It's like, we're coming in, we're like, hey, we saw you on the news. What's up, boys? Like, mm. you know... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you guys are funny. Like, we saw what you did, you know? And it's, it, you know, my friends decided to go down that road. But because I had that experience with my mom and I felt that forgiveness from my mom and from God, I knew, like, oh, this isn't what I want. But all my friends, like, they're, like, linked up with older boys, got cheaper prices, better connects. Like that's By being in jail. By being in jail, yeah. Mm. Were you scared when you first went in? Was there, like... 
did you did you have anyone try and stand over you and you had to be like nah man i'm not cruising <laughs> um someone no trouble did, what, was, one, it, was there like I had a- one funny experience yeah it definitely is like scary and like i was like i said i'm not what i look like now and like you know there's huge man in there mm. and, you, and you see like some you see some crazy fights and you know you see like you see crazy stuff happen but usually if you like stay out of the drama and are respectful and you don't get into the drugs then like you should just be left alone but there's i remember like my first week you get given uh, uh a liter of a liter of milk every two days mm. and it's like a sign to yourself and i didn't know it was a sign to myself so i just like took a random milk <laughs> and then there's like this gangster asian standing like in front of everyone in raps who the f took uncle's milk and there's like this old asian man like looking for his milk he's like who the f took uncle's milk and then it's like who's got milk 18 and i look down it's it's 18 <laughs> and i'm like oh crap so he starts walking down the aisles like looking at everyone checking everyone's milk and i quickly rub the one off so it's just the eight and then, and then like like looks at mine like ah like, yeah, like, <laughs> oh my god that is so lucky yeah you would have been in sh- yeah and I, I remember being like, like telling my mates like oh <laughs> yeah is there like full prison rules and shit like, oh like, yeah just like you just know full unknown- politics yeah man like and do the, you learn it when you get in there i suppose you've got to be a quick learner yeah you there's like certain words you can't say um like from the guards or, or just in when you're in there yeah there's heaps of politics man like you can't you can't talk to you can't talk to the screws you can't like if screws say good morning you can't talk back to them like because that's seen as a sign of weakness or yeah something it means or you're like? it means you're a cheese ball and then cheese ball is like someone that like rats talks. or something if someone that talks to the screw like it's, they call it dogs mm-hmm. if you call someone a dog it's like they have to fight <laughs> i think i don't know if it's the same in um, new south wales jail but in queensland when i was there like if you called someone a dog and they didn't fight it's like then like they will get bashed if you know what i mean mm. like like i remember like my friend calling another jail dude like oh you cheeky dog wax and he's like bro you're so lucky no one heard you say that because if someone heard you say i'd have to beat you up <laughs> oh fuck. so yeah and just yeah. not knowing the rules just like, not knowing yeah. The rules like yeah certain words you can't say certain things like can't can't hang out the fishbowl like people wanting you to do stuff for them and you're like you, yeah i remember what's yeah. the fishbowl fishbowl is like where the guards sit yeah, yeah. so so basically with your strategy how long how long was your sentence so at this point we don't know we haven't been like we haven't i didn't apply for bail mm. i don't really know anything about the system or anything but you've just gone in with yeah. like a prison strategy right now just to keep your head down and stay low. Like don't cause trouble, don't get into it. Is that like, are you thinking that? Like, like oh, uh, I'm out of my depth here. <laughs> These are we, we kind of like, we kind of, because we, we came in with, I came in with like three other dudes. Yeah. So like we kind of like melded in pretty, pretty quickly. And like we we're actually. Because you're kind of a pack already. You're not like a single. Yeah. And like we were like, you know, you, run into people that you know and like mm. people seeing you on the tv so like and it's not it's not like crazy there's not like crazy gangsters everywhere there's like people there for like domestic violence and stuff like that like a lot of dvs so like 
tax in, evasion. Yeah, or <laughs> maybe not that. <laughs> but, um, probably, probably. But um, like yeah, like I, we we were fine. Like yeah. I was sitting at a good table, and like yeah, we we came in. We were sitting at the Asian table, so like a lot of the Asians were bringing in like heaps of dope. How do they get it in? Oh no, we can't say. Eh? <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't want to get in trouble, man. No, don't worry, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so fuck. So like, yeah, we, we, were, we were fine, and so like, you know, I, it was still like a conscious choice. Like, this is I can't, you know, I'm still trying to like mm. toe that line, but like, you know, I'm meeting people, I'm getting offers, mm. you know, like, like. You know, what, what, have you, what, what were you guys into? Like, how did, what, what were your guys hustle? You know, like, and I'm like, you know, yeah, it's, it's a real, it was a real, you know, battle. But, um, Fuck, I, can, I can see how it can just breed, like, and they always say it, like, it just breeds more criminals because they go so in it and it just makes connections. It's, it's so like, bad, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's not, it's not a hindrance at all. Mm. Did you ever think, okay, with your, we ego, had an Xbox. Oh, really? We had an Xbox, ping pong. Play cards all day. So did you? Okay. People are just yeah. As as an ego, like when you're, because I've I've heard this before, and so I'm wondering if you had this like when you're in your heightened ego, at the time of like kind of being a gangster, like going to jail, is that like just getting a stripe? Is it something that you kind of you look as being like not that you want to go, but you're like oh it's part of being a man kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like I it's think, like yeah when I was in that like I. I did have that mentality, even though like in, when reality hit, mm. it's not what I wanted, and I and I turned away. Yeah. But like I think, um, b- beforehand, yeah, with with mentality that I had at that mm. time, like it's yeah. like a self sabotage. And this is with young boys. I remember this. Um, I was working with this guy, and um, he joined the bikies years ago, and I was and he was younger. And I remember trying to sway him. Often I remember him saying to me one time, "How oh, he just got a got a gun." And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, and he's like, no, man, just live or die. Like, fucking, it's just what life's about. Like, you know, and I just remember thinking how lost he was. And I was like, what if you go to jail, man? He's like, it's all part of it, man. He's like, you know what I mean? He's just trying to be tough. And it's just a young kid lost in life, not knowing a direction or where to go, but having that energy and not knowing where to put it. And exactly. I remember him thinking he was glorifying it. He's like, yeah, man, like I'm going to, I'm a man now. You know what I mean? Oh, fuck yeah. That's the consequence. If I go to jail, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'll be in with the big dogs. And yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking survive. And I'm thinking, man, you're like, you and not because I could see. And the weirdest thing about him is I could always see the weakness in his eyes. Absolutely. That's the funniest thing. And I don't want to say is, because in, in ways he was really, of course he was tough because he was willing to do shit but all I saw was this like weak lost little boy and the, <laughs> and because of that I got along with him because I had compassion for him and I mm. didn't yeah I, it was weird because I, I remember actually a guy standing over him and him like kind of shitting his pants but it was on a, a job site and yeah this it was a boss of ours and the guy got up and said like a he said like because he heard he was the boss heard he was dealing drugs and the the boss was an ex um, drug addict and like for him it's like I don't know it's a trigger I suppose yeah. and come up he's like man I heard you I heard you um you're dealing or whatever and he's like nah man like I'm I'm blah blah and he goes he goes my missus told me are you calling my missus a liar and gets up in his face and like you know he's like he, he he's like you call my missus a liar and he's like no nah. and I just saw I just saw the fear in this little boy's eyes yeah. that just joined them. I just saw like. 
I just, and I, I, I don't know, I felt so sorry for him. Mm. I just remember feeling like, fuck. And I remember like we're working and having chats and just thinking like, fuck, sway this guy away from this. And I didn't, I didn't do a good enough job because he, and I haven't heard from him or where he is mm. now, but I just remember thinking like this guy is just so lost. He has no, he doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't, and he has this energy. He, he wants to be a man. Yeah. You know, and, and he and he wants to prove himself as a man, but he doesn't understand what a man is yet. Yeah, man, and I think that's that's what a lot of these guys mm. are going through. They want that adventure, that adventure that you experience. You know, mm. like there's a whole world out there that we can go experience, and you you feel okay about being like constricted to these four walls. You think that's that's a life? Yeah. No, we, you if think you that's want real, you, you think that's an adventure. You want yeah. an adventure? Go. Go freaking! I don't mm. know. Go to Nepal, man. Well, that, the streets like that's the the boy to the warrior. It's like, oh, you think that's the event? You think that's being a man is being able to have it over someone? Mm. You think it's being a man being able to use your strength to put fear yeah. into other people to take what you want? It's like no, being a man is fucking standing for something and it's providing. Protecting. <laughs> yeah, protecting and providing and standing up for what's good. Yes, you know what I mean. It's like all you're gonna do, being that is like you're gonna get your ass kicked by real men <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like because they're not they're gonna i don't know it's just like yeah it's just i i think a, a big part of our our society right now and and i didn't get to go through this i reckon what saved me in, in the area that i grew up with was not only having a super loving accepting mum but i got um was the palm beach board riders Amen. Yeah. I see them down. Yeah, it That's, was like yeah. I was in the Palmy Boy Riders and they were like, you know, they were mongrels and it was like the older boys, but they they were people when I was a teenager that would buy me piss and sneak me into the bar, right? But they would, because I was going to do it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? But instead of being in the park, they're like, oh, hey, man, I just still, I always remember getting the pep talks about not doing drugs. Mm. But yeah, man, it's all right to fucking dabble. But don't, you don't get lost in it. It's yeah. all right to have a beer. You don't get... And I remember um, I was, we went to Australia Soul to surf, and I was 17, surf um, competition on Strati. And I fucking was drink driving, and I crashed my car into the gutter and snapped the exhaust or whatever. And the older boys, remember, like, um, when I went back, I was, like, laughing about it. I was, like, I was that mad. I ran into the gutter, blah, blah. I remember um, one of the older boys pulling me out, and he was probably, like, 28 or 29. I'm 17. And... Now we're looking at that as not being old, but when I'm 17 and a 28 year old, he's a full man. Yeah, yeah. Pulls me out of the car, and he was the president at the time of yep. the board rider, so fully respecting. He goes, "What the fuck are you doing, mate?" You know, and I was like, "Oh, you know, blah blah." And he goes, "Look, he's like," and I just remember him giving me this thing. He's like, "Mate, we're all here to have a good time. You know what I mean? We're all here to fucking. We're reckless. We're doing this, but like, we've got to fucking be smart about it." And I just remember him saying, "Like, drink driving's not cool, man, because like." yeah cool you didn't hurt anyone but like you could have and he's yeah. like what if you did and he's like and i just remember him like kind of saying hey this is the way to do it mm. to have fun and get on the piss and fucking have a good time with your mates yes going out and fucking getting into fights and starting shit is not the way you know what i mean going out and fucking laughing and crashing your car that's not cool man you know what i mean and i was like whoa like whoa and it was just like that pointing of direction you know a little bit with that energy that i had you know and i like i look back because it's like you know palm beach at the time was you know it's being run by the bikies and all my friends are joining bikie gangs and and to, um becoming gangsters and 
you know, and I, it was weird because I had this weird um, spiritual connection to, to Mother Nature, which I didn't know how to express or understand. I had this different feeling inside. When people were doing bad shit, like it really hurt hurt me inside. Right. But I'd pl- pretend like I'd turn it off. You know, know what that. I mean? I know that. Yeah, yep, I'd I turn it that. off because I'm like, oh no, that's like some other shit. Like turn it off and like I, yeah, and I always saw it. I always looked at people compassionately and I like some, uh, yeah, it was just, I knew I was different and, and then, um, all this has happened and it was, it was for me, it was the Palmy board riders and people like David Rastovich and Xavier Rudd listening to their lyrics or watching Dave, Dave surf and, um, express himself, you know? And I was like, Whoa. And as a 16 year old boy, it's, that's what now for me, I look back and I want to start like a little club in Creso. I'll just, I'm now I'm just super, um, when I go places, I understand now that like Groms, especially with what I do, they like, they'll gravitate towards you, look up to you or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, I've got to be super careful here because whatever I do, they soak up. Absolutely. You know, and I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, fuck, if I start acting like a gangster and not, <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're going to soak it up and think that's cool. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, this is my role as a man, as um, to be the elder i'm like i realized that like a couple years ago that i'm turning into the elder in society now because (laughs) i've got these young i got uh, these neighborhood kids they come down and work out at mine because i've got a little gym yeah at my place and they come down and we freaking work out or whatever and i'm like all right i've got to be keep it real with these boys you know i I give them shit and like make them um (laughs) I'll pay him to clean up and that and like make him like have races and, and joke yeah. that I'm going to give him a dead arm if they do a crap job and yeah. stuff, you know, it's like, yeah, cause, cause I'm like, this is how it's like, yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, like they can't, yeah. It's like soaking it up. Oh bro. I think like, it is so important to mm. have a mentor or to have people that are mentors. Like for my son, like it is the number one thing I want strong males in his life that aren't me to show him the way yeah well the thing is what we've kind of lost in western society is a coming of age mm. i didn't get one like luckily i through the path that i have and especially travel and that it's kind of naturally happened mm. but man if i a coming of age ceremony is literally like when we hand the keys over mm. to a, a a young boy when he becomes a man you know what i mean it's like hey you're a man now you know what I mean? And it's a, it's a moment for them to step up to responsibility and be a man. And so it's teaching them, guiding them with love to do that. You know, it's like, and, and respect. And um, I, I wish I got that. I wish when I was fucking 18 and 19 and getting into fucking punch-ups here in, in Palm Beach, because that's what I thought I had to do. You know what I mean? It was the same as like, I, I remember we had this thing. Oh, if someone like starts you or pushes you, you got all you got to do is punch. Hit first. If that happens, you, that's the rule. You, yeah. you punch. And I remember th- I hated fighting, but mm. everyone thought that I was a little brawler because I made everyone think that. I remember I did kickboxing and I did jujitsu, and I just remember I had this front, um, and I had this thing where if someone like I would just stand up to anyone that started me and not back down, and I would always be bluffing, going "Fuck, I do not want. It. I'm so scared. I don't want it." And and lots of the time, and I was lucky I had like the older boys would get me out of shit or people wouldn't pick on me because I was friends with every, yeah. everyone. But I just remember like feeling so lost. I was like, is this what I have to do? Mm. And I remember I was 19, about 18, 19. And I actually, um, in this stage where I said at the start where I was really lost, yeah. where I had those dark thoughts. And I remember they put Bundy on tap at the Palmy pub. And I was going to the pub and I thought to be a man, 
I thought to be a man. It's actually when I got this tattoo. I was just turned 18 or 17 or just turned 18. I got this Australia on my arm. Yeah. And because I thought to be a man, I've got to fucking get a tattoo. I've got to be patriotic. I've got to go to the pub like all the time. You know what I mean? I've got to like not take shit. Like yeah. this is must be what being a man is. And I went to the um, palm and I was going to the palmy pub and I was drinking rum. And we're going out to serve. I was going out like four nights a week or whatever. And there was a few months there where I got into a series of punch-ups, like where I didn't know how to control my own emotion or aggression. And people, I never, I was never someone who started something. Yeah. But I've always been smart enough to, you know, rationalize. Okay. And see when it's practical or whatever, you know what I mean? And I went through this period, I think from the rum or whatever and going out where I didn't, I got into this series of like punch-ups. I remember I got into this brawl in um, out the front of Fisherman's Wharf, and I look back and I'm so like um, shame from it. I'm like just like whoa, like I can be better than that, a better version of myself. Like where did that come from? Like I just feel so embarrassed that. And I remember I made a um, they they started calling me Shanksy Flip Out, my mates, because I was always super nice, super cruisy. Then I'd have a switch button where then I'd just be like nah, and then. And I just remember one day I, I flipped and, and nearly got into this punch up with a mate or whatever. And I just said to myself, like, fuck, that's not me. Mm. This is not me. Like, I just, I'm, and I realized that I'm just pretending to be someone who I've thought society has told me how I have to be. You know what I mean? I'm just pretending to, I think this is what being a man is. Like, to go to the pub to do this, none of this feels right. That I've got to be tough and be like this. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to, like, this is, like, not real. I'm playing someone else's game here. And I just remember, like, waking up to it and going, like, fuck, like. And then I started, um, yeah, I remember, I, well, I was doing surf trips. And I started doing more surf trips and going to nature. And that's, that's what started being healing for me because I started finding myself. And then eventually buying around the world ticket. And once I went traveling, it's like, that's it. It's like, you can't hide from anything. You just learn so much yeah. about the world. And you look yeah. back on this one, you go, oh, that's, there's more lives than just that. What yeah. we think how life works is not just that. We have <laughs> endless possibilities. Yeah. We have endless, like, but yeah, back to that, just that coming of age. Like, it's just like, I've, that's something I, I feel that, you know, us now going into our manhood that we really need to be aware of and for our, our youth and our young and like give that guidance and have that ceremony like that ceremony to for them to step up bro this is like why i hit you up about great keppel that was when my son was one years old i'm mm. like i need to know what it's like to go fend for myself live you know see if i can survive and then throughout my son's life take him on those experiences mm. give him that adventure that i was craving during those cowboy years yeah. where I went and found it somewhere else mm. and give him that outlet of like, yeah. you know, my dad sends it with me. I don't need to go and freaking, yeah. you know, try and live, live a weird life or, or okay. go off on, you know, yeah, because yeah, my like, dad gives me that adventure and I, 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 mm. I, I have that. My, my, my partner, Shelby, absolutely amazing woman. She said to me, in one of our deep chats like six or eight months ago, you know, cause she, she really wants to be a mother and, and, you know, especially in our, our age, like I'm 36 and she's 32. She's really like testing the waters. Is this someone going to be someone who can step up and blah, yeah. blah. And she said to me, you know, like, what's this, where is it in your ego about going out and pushing yourself and testing? Is that just always you? And I said to her, well, no, it's just like what I'm doing. 
you know and I, I kind of like thought about it a lot I'm like whoa it's just like it's like the rites of passage of manhood in a way it's that we go and we find our limits and we test ourselves and we put ourselves in different situations in adventure and having fun you know but we push ourselves we naturally just want to do that because we want to see our strength and what we can overcome and where we mm. are but then the reason why we do that is so that we can step into fatherhood and we can step into the protector and the provider because we know our strengths and our weaknesses and mm. what we've got to work with. And then we can pass that knowledge on to, to children to grow them strong. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just a fucking like animal <laughs> doing this passing. with biology. Yeah. It's just the happening. Like I don't mean to, it's just what happens this is my yearn, but it's <laughs> like not my yearn forever. It, it's always going to be a yearn to go to nature and do this. But I'm like, it's just what I'm doing right now or what I was doing pre her as well, because I had the time and space and unlim- limitless to just yeah. play with that, you know? And it's like, um, now I'm getting new challenges of like being a partner and stuff, but it's like, all right, all right, let's, it's, this is all really important what we're talking about so, and I'm so passionate I really I'm, I'm so glad we went on that tangent but let's, I'll, let's get back to you in jail yeah. so so um, you know you're, you're having this awakening in jail right now that yes. this is not you you know what I mean you're starting at, yeah. this, at this so so what's happening for you when you're in there you're seeing all this gangster shit around you what, what's that constant reminder that's stopping you from from making those connections and, and that, that the, the carrots being constantly dangled in front of you yeah i think yeah definitely the biggest is my family you know having that consistent love and forgiveness and acceptance from my family it was just too much to deny Mm. i just like couldn't deny you know if i I was to throw that away it just like it wouldn't make any sense so like i said before i went to jail i started hanging out with savannah and um i wrote her a letter like oh you know i'm I'm in jail and, you know, I feel like you and me could have, like, you know, accomplished a lot. Like, I I, I wish, like, I, I could have done anything in my life and, like, I, I could have accomplished anything. And it's just, um, you know, upset with myself that it's gone the way it has. And she actually wrote me back saying, you know, like, you know, like, I really liked spending time with you. I'll come visit you and mm. um, I'll wait for you. And like for me, like in that world at that time, she was still wound up in that world. She was still on the outside. Like for someone to like, you know, set themselves, set themselves apart for you, even though there's no label on it or anything, was like really loud to me. And like, you know, deep down in my core, I knew like, oh, she's the one. Mm. You know what I mean? And I knew that. And then, yeah, so... I was in um, I was in Arthagori for two months, and then uh, my lawyer's like, "Yeah, you can apply for bail now. You'll probably get it." Applied for bail, got out, and um, just yeah, waiting for sentencing. So I'm so out. now you're waiting for trial. Yeah, so now I'm out on bail. I've got like curfew till ten o'clock. I've got to sign in twice a week to the police station. Got no contact with any of my co-offenders police will come check up check check up on me on my house and i have to like see a psychologist i have to do all this stuff uh so i started seeing a psychologist and what was really good was like he helped me um understand some direction you know 
understood stand about my like my drug taking and that like if I just have a lack of if I have like no time like I wasn't doing anything before mm-hmm. I went to jail you know but so I needed to do something with my time so I started studying um a bachelor of business like <laughs> that's what everyone does when they don't know what to do <laughs> yeah yeah help with something. Ba- yeah bachelor of business <laughs> sounds good I'll be a businessman um and um so yeah I started started studying um bachelor of business in- entertainment business because I was you know loosely um wound up in the music industry and you know i had this direction i started um reading my bible properly without like any deals on it yeah in in a way it's like cliche it's like this young boy has no direction and he's all this energy and all this masculinity just going out in the world and creating havoc and it's like this dude's just like going oh hey man here's some direction yeah giving you something to do yeah yeah it was a meaning it, it was good and um so yeah in this period of my life I'm, you know, I'm actively studying the Bible. I'm rebuilding that relationship with my family. I'm not having any contact with anyone. I still, you know, I still have some ties. I still, you know, have a couple experiences, a couple dabbles in drugs. Um, you know, you know how it is. Like, yeah. it's never a clean break. Yeah. Well, it wasn't in my case. And, um, yeah, I started building this relationship with God again. And, um, yeah. And I started building this relationship with Savannah, and, and she starts coming, starts coming to church. She actually asked my mom to take her to church while I was in jail, and she she went with to church with my mom, and like was really was really open to it. And then um, I was reading the Bible one time, and it came to this part in um, there's first, second, and third John. It's like these really small chapters of the uh, these really small. Um, books of the new testament it's like if you are a follower of god you love everyone if Mm. you have any hate in your heart then you're not a true follower of god Mm. and it kind of like stumped me because like i know i'm trying to build this relationship with my family and god but like i still have enemies i still have people that have like fully like robbed me beat me to my life like stolen from me put guns in my head like in my mind i'm like i'm still like you know on this trajectory of like you know fuck them exactly i'm i'm still on this like yeah i'm doing all this stuff but if i see them again like it's on and then i came to this to this part of the bible i'm like whoa like it really hit me like how do i love these guys like i don't even want to see them i don't want to be their friend i don't want to know them how do i love them and um this what this really really changed my life um when i came to that i used to go to sleep at night thinking of ways that i'd get them you know mm-hmm. what i mean i would go to sleep at night like oh fuck you know set up a fake number and try and contact them and then get them to meet up here and you know like i used mm-hmm. to think like that and then like i'm like all right i gotta love these guys but i don't want to be friends with them <laughs> so i started going to sleep and being like, say their names, like, dear Lord, can you please be with so-and-so? And dear Lord, can you please bless so-and-so? Or dear Lord, can you give the peace that you gave me when I asked for peace to so-and-so? And my, <laughs> man. Holy shit, my powerful. Heart, bro, my heart changed. Well, instead of projecting negative emotion out to the world, you're projecting love. Man, absolutely. That, like even on a biological level within <laughs> <Yeah>. your body. <laughs> 
you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like just meant just just straight, even just mental thinking mm. that way, you know? And like, you know, I am spiritual and spiritually like it changed my life. Like yeah. it made me see life in a different way. And like it helped me understand that like the number one thing in this life is to love other people. So you know, my life is really changed for the better. My my wife Savannah, we went to this um, one Hillsong night, and you know, she felt the the peace of the Holy Spirit, and she she gave her life to God, and we're on this like amazing journey. And then uh, I have a meeting with my barrister, and he's like, "Look, you're probably going back to jail for like five to two years." Two to five years. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's a big yeah. To I'm like, it. and he's like, best case scenario. Oh, you'll you'll get three to the one and three to the one's good because if you get three to the one then it means you get court ordered parole you don't have to apply for parole and you won't have to be sitting in there for a long time is that three years in jail one year out but no no other opposite way so three year sentence one year in jail and then the other two years you'll be on parole or it'll be five of the two because it was a uh serious it was a uh, SVO, which is like a serious violence, violent offense. Um, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in this trajectory, but I know mm. I'm just going back to jail. And, um, it's hard to see the light. Yeah, it is. And, you know, through everything I was going through and like, I, I, I was at peace with it. I was at peace with it and I like knew like I'm strong in myself now. I understand who I who I am now. I understand that, you know, I'm not this person that's trying to be a gangster. I know that I'm like I'm I'm someone that's meant to love other people and, and meant to and meant to, you know, be a beacon of light in this world. And and yeah, so it's like uh, March 2017 I um, got sentenced I knew I was going to jail and like it was a really really good outcome I got I got three to the one the the judge had seen like all the stuff I've changed my life no contact with anyone I started this um, bachelor of business I've done this these um, sessions with the counselor you know I had support there he really saw that any 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 and he um, yeah gave me the three the one in my benefit and but you um, still got to go to jail for yeah. a year can and and do they set it up that you can continue these courses continue to see the, the psychiatrist uh, once you're in nah nah it's you're in jail Fuck, you're just, a, you're, just a, system, a, eh? you're just a you're just a you're just a shit crim but it's so yeah, easy just, to just <laughs> re like go yeah, back into yeah, that world it's like well <laughs> you're out of the world you're doing really well okay we'll put you back into the world for a bit yeah. and see how you go and then whoa yeah go back to the jungle it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah there's so, some holes in the system oh absolutely so like i i knew i was i bought my um i bought my i knew i was going to jail so i wore like eight pairs of underwear uh like seven pairs of socks put my um wore my suit with my tns on because i knew i could i could keep my shoes and yeah when i walked into the courthouse in handcuffs they put handcuffs as soon as i walked in and then that was it i couldn't you know say goodbye to my family I was separated and then yeah taken off to jail 
and then Fuck, was that was that moment hard or like knowing that you even though you knew you're set up yeah. for it and the and the relief that you know you're not getting the five to two or yeah the, or the the three to five or whatever but you're getting the one to three yeah like even with that relief still that pill to swallow that you're going in and and this beautiful relationship that you're forming everything like yeah it, like what did that feel yeah, like it, man? it was hard but like i i had come to terms with it like i had, i knew it was like yeah it, well, you, knew it, it was sounds supposed like to be. you're fully starting to step in your manhood did you like get in and get it done like yeah yeah, yeah and like yeah the i did majority of my um of my time so i'd already done two months so i only had to do 10 months now because the, the oh, two cause months you did the two. Oh, two that's so, good yeah so i uh, was at um bcc in waco for like a week or two and then straight off to woodford um, and isn't waco like the psycho one um there's a few so arthur gory's in waco there's bcc which is where i was at there's a boys yard and then there's um and then there's the the boneyard there's a boneyard there which is like where all where all the dogs go fuck yeah um and then yeah and then i spent my most of my time in woodford woodford's like yeah woodford's super max um i was lucky enough to um get to res which is like uh it's like lower 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 security so yeah. you can be like stuffed up in the blocks you know fighting over your sticks of sugar or yeah. you can like make it to res where you can like walk outside and you can um like there's like tennis courts and we used to call it muscle beach and yeah. like you can like you can like it's like a more of a community like kind of a caravan park inside yeah, the jail yeah. or uh, compared to like being in the blocks and just like just just fighting and, yeah. <laughs> and carrying on and so i spent most of my time in res and like yeah i i made the most of it you know i i made the most of it i um uh learned how to play tennis well we just used to like had a good group of friends and we would just like train all day long you know train all day long so that like when it's bedtime you you go to sleep and you won't stay up at night yeah it's a good way to yeah i, I do the same when i go, if i go do a shutdown or something in the morning i just I, it's the game that i play just fucking get up at 4 a.m and be in the gym at 4 i mean and just and just train and yeah. then get all those endorphins running and then by the time and then i work all day by the time i hit bed i'm out like, yeah i close my eyes and i'm done it's a new yeah. day sweet get it over so, yeah it's so good that was that was definitely the mentality then you know had a good routine like training muscle group boxing cardio then mm. tennis in the afternoon Abs, make, make the days go yeah sick, abs every second day and it was interesting because um I remember walking around the tennis course in like the first week of res and I hear these like I'm just playing guitar and like singing songs I'm like I know those songs what's and like go over there and there's all these crims are set up crim church and they're all they're all doing a church service in the oh, middle of res <laughs> yeah they're like written out songs and like like written out like copies of them and like made mm. folders in books and they like you know they had um like a crim church going on and uh, I was it was awesome, you know. I'm like, oh, I can still go to church in here. Um, yeah, I had a lot of, lot of, you know, I actually had a lot of positive spiritual experiences mm. there. There was one experience where um, I walked into my unit, and there was like this old, this old 
fat old fat guy called Simo and he's like reading the Bible. I'm like, Simo, what are you doing reading the Bible for, man? You he's like, Oh, just my my missus is like hanging out with some people on the outside and they're reading the Bible, I was just seeing about it. I'm like dude like uh, I'll, sh- I'll show you how to read it like uh, i'll show you what it's about you know and i started doing bible studies with them and uh, this pastor that was doing bible studies with me on the outside shout out to brad brad melville he comes sees me one day he's like man there's a there's an old guy in this jail that i that um one of the pastors that i work with he lives with his wife and and she's telling us that there's this young guy doing bible studies in the jail i'm like <laughs> that's me <laughs> yeah i'm like is that simone like yeah i'm like that's me i'm doing bible studies with him so like yeah. again that's there's that full full circle mm. and i knew that was a um i call those winks winks from god yeah winks that god that i know i'm on the right trajectory and yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm i'm working for him you know there's there's something really to be said for having faith in in a way i sometimes i feel sorry for people that don't have any mm. spirituality because for me it's like can't you feel that connection is it there's more connection here than what we think we feel it in our intuition we feel it like when we see the sunrise and the sunset and touch a tree and you know watch life be like you know watch life come into the world you know what i mean it's like it's like the beauty that we're here for and everything and it's like really is this just it it can't be you know what i mean and so like i was just um i used to live in indonesia and we just went back there and spent six weeks and all my friends you know um over there like in western bara you know they're they're muslim and they're fucking beautiful you know (laughs) what i mean and then my christian friends are beautiful and then i grew up with these mormons and i actually used to go to mormon church with them oh really um just because they used to pick me up from they just was just a really nice family that helped me out when i was a kid yeah they um used to pick me up and take me to school sometimes and or help me get to um work and stuff and everything and and they never pushed anything on me but it was just a beautiful thing and to see them yeah, just to see and like, yeah. There was, there was another point I was going to make about Buddha when, um, because when I was doing Vipassana in India and like meditating, they were saying like basically they were just talking about how much your life is enriched when you, when you, when you have faith that there's more than just this, this existence, and you can and you can connect into divine energy, yeah. whichever whichever way you put it. It's like. In whichever in whichever expression you have of it, yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. in in just in divine energy. And I th- I think about it, it's 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 really helped me lately with the passing of my sister, that just came out of nowhere and it was and it was a big you know eye opener for me with life and just um and also struggle and heartache. But to have something so close to you just fucking go, and it's made me thought about the coming of life and the going of life. And I'm like, where does it come from? Like this energy comes in, this soul comes in and comes out. I'm like, fuck, what, how much would I be cutting myself short if I just said this was it? Mm. You know what I mean? If I just said, nah, this is it. We just get up, go to work, fucking do this, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I'm like, whoa. And how much more beautiful, how much beautiful is the world if I fucking look through it with faith of any kind amen you know what i mean yes i know so many people that like can't define their reality Mm. you know what i mean but like you you as as someone that practices buddhism they can define what they believe is reality you know Mm. you know and i think i don't even know what i practice i just fucking i just i remember um yeah in that's what i was gonna say when buddha says like what when we're in um in vipassana they said to us um they said, whatever you believe is, 
You know what I mean? Mm. Like whatever God you believe in, whatever divine, you, that's your reality. That literally is what is. Mm. You're not wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what you, you know, like it's like our thoughts create our reality. Yeah. It's like that is it. You know mm. what I mean? And um, I just thought, fuck, that is fucking beautiful. And now like I look, yeah, I just look at everyone as a saint. It's funny because I look at all the teachings as being the same, just in a different way to relate to different people because it's all saying like, you know, we're all here for love. We're all here for compassion. You said it before. It's like, what are we here for in life? It's like, fuck, what does a baby come into as before it has any life trauma that we put on it as a society? Or as a fa- it's, It comes in just as love. Amen. It comes in just as its expression of itself, right? <laughs> yeah. And so what are we at the core? And what helps me sometimes in judgment times is to look at people as babies. Like I said, I was looking at that guy that was mm. going... Um, joining the bike is looking at him as this lost little kid because if I look at him as, as a baby he's just love mm. he's just love that has some trauma that's lost and it's and he's expressing himself in a way that he's lost because he's not coming from love but all we have it's like and sometimes like I think it's like why are we here well we're here like we've been given this fucking beautiful opportunity it's like we've won the lottery to fucking have this existence right we're here like all those fucking millions of sperm or whatever that made it to the egg it's like out of how many times my dad got his nut off you know what i mean it's like i fucking i won the lottery to be here so what did i get with that reality what did i get with winning that it's like i get um a chance to fully express who i am yes and who am i I'm a fucking being of love. love. I came in as love. And the, and the, so then it's like, okay, well, who is everyone else? They're beings of love. <laughs> They're just fucking love. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the only thing that comes out that triggers us is that is when the ego comes in, it's like it's seeing them not as love. And that's only a reflection of where we're not loving ourselves. So when you said before, it was like, you know, you read in the Bible, like, you, you know, to, to love and be compassionate is to love all. Yes. And to, to, you know, like accept your enemies. And like even Buddha says, like he loves anyone that comes to him, whether if it's a fucking um, murder or whatever, because he can see himself within everyone. He can see the love, the baby in everyone. He can see the manifestation of love that they, that they are. And they're just having this fucking different expression because they're lost. And um, because they haven't, they've, because they've diverted away from that center that balance of what love is right and it's like this is the beauty that we get of fucking this human experience is that we come in with trauma and we have this ego and we get to fucking bounce around and fucking relearn or whatever but it's like it's all the fucking same like yeah i've, I've been having these re-realizations because you know the last few months from my sister passing i i, I was getting just frustrated and bitter and like just um just seeing um, impatience within myself mm. and so within patience of my own heartache ca- with my own trauma came impatience of other people and I noticed myself getting super judgmental again and just like fucking being like because it's just that dealing with my own pain to being short with other people and I fucking just caught myself doing it and realized holy fuck like this is it and what it did it made me have more love now for other people because again because I realized oh okay when I'm lost or in heartache my expression to the world is not as pure as what it normally is just coming from love. So when other people are doing that to me, fuck, yeah, they're, that's it. They're in pain. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't need to come at them as in like, no, fuck you. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, it's like the more I can still set my boundaries and fucking stay in my strength and say, hey, that's not cool. Don't treat me like that, but I can do it from love. 
you know what I mean? It's just, I'm, I'm just relearning this. And I think this is the beauty of having this conversation with you right now, because it's from what you've been through and the darkness and, and the realizations that you're having is re-reminding me, you know, it's um, especially um, in this time that I've just gone through of my life of it's, 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 it's coming back to center and, and it's real because man, I started thinking I was fucking getting back to old habits. Oh really? Yeah. It's just, I, I, I noticed myself even being super short with, um, yeah, this is, I, I was getting super short with even Shelby. Like mm. I was just like fucking cause I'm holding in emotion. And then I had this day where I was fucking, I started apologizing to her when I caught myself. I was like, fuck, like I'm being like short with you and impatient with you thinking that you should be how I am mm. thinking that you should know how I am. What was happening? I was like, I was thinking my common sense. I was kind of, Trina like oh but you don't know that like how the fuck don't you know that you know what Mm. I mean like I was like oh my god you don't know that because you're not me you're you with your expression you're not wrong you're not right like I'm not wrong I mean I mean you're not wrong for not knowing that you're just you I'm like holy fuck I'm not coming at you from love like where is this coming from and I just said to her I was like I'm just so impatient I can't I don't have the time right now to 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 sit and like and reflect because I'm because if I do that I have to feel my own emotion and I'm scared of it. And then, um, and then we went to it and I just like completely had this breakdown and I let out all this emotion. And then, um, from then, holy fuck, it's just like been so, like, cause I caught myself, you know, yeah. it's just lucky I had the tools. But now when I'm looking at, at young men or just other people, I'm like, fuck, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not in that realization from it yet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I love these rants. That's so, yeah. so good. Oh, well, it's, it's just so these, good. Well, these are the things too. There's beautiful ranting like this because I'm learning. Like Absolutely. sitting here talking to you, I'm learning yeah. and it's reflecting in myself and this is why I have these conversations. And what I've learned is this, this is why people relate when they listen to it because I'm sitting here going, oh, fuck, wait, I do that. Holy shit, I've been doing that. Fuck, I'm a dickhead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. someone goes, oh, fuck, actually, I'm an asshole too. I've got to stop doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... All right, man. So you're going in a jail. I mean, you're in there. You're playing tennis. You're doing Bible studies. You're connecting. Like, yeah. how's this going? Yeah, yeah. It's um, you still got all the crazy politics, twisted like um, hierarchy and and all that stuff. But yeah, um, um. Are you finding that even because you are connecting to self so much and finding your path again and connecting to love? Are you finding, but still within that, you still have to have a front because you're in jail. You still have to have like a tough front about you. Mm, yes, yeah, s- s- somewhat. Mm. Yeah, you can't show weakness. Yeah, yeah it can't be like too vulnerable or show weakness yeah. and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, a big thing with me, a big thing in the in the Bible is like not showing partiality. So like mm. not treating like not treating like someone with uh in jail like like treating like an old man the same way you would treat like a young guy moving up the ranks or like you mm. know like someone real popular in jail like treating them the same as yeah. like 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 uh old man no one cared about yeah and like that was something that was like i was really conscious about like oh like i can't show like i tried not to show partiality like i tried to like spend time with everyone and like mm. show acceptance to everyone even though my mates were like why the hell are you talking to him like what mm. do you what do you mean like could be know? seen as weakness yeah, yeah yeah what do you what do you like you know and i remember yeah that that was a big one like trying not to show partiality um 
But, but in a way, it's shown strength. Just yeah. in that world, it's a bit lost because it's the ego yeah, world. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, made it through. I had that love from my family, you know, my, my wife coming to visit me every weekend. Well, she wasn't my wife at the moment. She was just my girlfriend, mm. my family coming to visit me. You know, I had some friends come visit me. And, you know, sending letters and feeling the love and yeah i felt i felt i felt the love and um yeah i got out i got out of jail mm. and the start of um start of 2018 like january 2018 yeah. and like yeah the best day of my life my parents had like organized for me to go to the coast we stayed at prudian sunshine coast like you know kind of like a holiday of me getting out and it was like just the best experience you know it was just like i just was just so lucky to have that love in yeah. that 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 family there you know i was just so appreciative yeah. i was just so 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 thankful for it and like in jail i was like you know i i want to change my life i want to move to the coast and i want to like become a surfer like that was like 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 i want to change my life around like mm. I, this is what i want to do i want to become a surfer i want to Move the coast. So me and my wife, we um, oh, <laughs> I keep calling her my wife, but she wasn't my wife at this mm. point. We um, we got together and we're like, all right, we want to move the coast, either the sunny coast or the Gold Coast. What we'll do is we'll fast for a day, and then like as like a you know supplication to God, and then like we'll we'll know the answer at the, at the end of the day. And then yeah. like we fasted one day, it's like really hard. Yeah, <laughs> I've done fast now that are like easier. <laughs> yeah, the like, first time that one like <laughs> one day fast yeah. was like really hard, man. <laughs> it was yeah. like just laying on the floor like ah. <laughs> and um yeah, it was really clear to us at the end of the day, like uh we're gonna move to Gold Coast, gonna move to Palm Beach in with her sister and uh we moved to the move to Palm Beach and you know my parents bought me a surfboard and like just started surfing uh started working like straight away tried to work as a um as a concreter got work as a concreter and then i was working like with some mates till the end of 2019 and i because i was on parole i had to meet with a um another psychologist and what this psychologist did was she helped me understand my values now this is something mm. that i'm really big on now and you know, I, I do mentoring to young boys uh, at the um, at the youth center in Corumbin, Fight for Youth. Yeah. And um, this is something I'm really big on now is understanding one's values. So she helped me understand that my values are one, love, two, compassion, and three, service. And that if I could find an occupation where I'm working in those three values, then my work will never feel like work. And so I was working with a mate uh, building concrete sleeper retaining walls. I got a long history with with construction on and off and like I don't like construction no. <laughs> just me personally and um, yeah I got to the end of that year and I was like you know at the end of the year if I'm not happy with where I am I'm going to go become a social worker Yeah. and um, it got to the end of that year and throughout that year I, um, me and my wife we again she's not my wife not my wife at this point uh we went for a walk down in burley like this is our new life you know we we live in this rich amazing place you know mm. we're so blessed let's write down our five-year goal and i wrote down my five-year goal was um to be married with kids second one was to contribute to a church third one was to have um experience with a lot of travel fourth one was to 
uh, work in a role where I'm serving other people. Mm. And um, we had that and we wrote, and that was mine and I put that on the fridge. And um, yeah, come the end of 2019, I wasn't happy with my job. I enrolled to become a social worker. And... Um, <laughs> Isn't it fucking... Doesn't it make it so much easy when you just give yourself a path? Like, at yes. least... It's like, if you don't know where you're going, at least fucking, like, make a plan and start working towards that. At least, like, you can change your mind along the way, but at yeah. least fucking put a plan down. And it's and literally, this is such a common thing between people that I know that are super successful. And I don't mean in successful in the way of fucking I do in some cases but I mean like successful within themselves mm. and in the podcast I did with Haydar Logie in Iceland he said this he was 19 struggling with drugs and addiction and smoking and alcohol and he said nah he just said he wrote down a lifelong plan wrote down everything what he what he wanted to be and figured out how he would do it and he said he woke up every day and just did step by step he said until he ticked one off and he said within fucking a year he quit his day he quit his day job you know what I mean? Yeah. And started doing this and he just said like, wow, it's like, I've done it my whole life. You write a little list and you go, yeah, I want this, this and this. And you go, how am I going to get that? Well, I need to do this, this and this, this and this. And, this. and then you just, it's there. You, you can see it. And yeah. You go, okay, cool. Start working towards it. <laughs> a thousand percent. And like, you know, it wasn't like a thing that I did check every day, but I, it was there. It you was don't like, need to because yeah. it's like, it's you've written it down. It's like a fucking... There's something about writing it down. Yeah. I think, hey, and, um, yeah like it, it kind of just like yeah like it manifested mm. you know i um i was i was appointed the young adult leader at kingsley seven day Adventist church mm. i got Brilliant. married in 2019 and now i have a three-year-old son wow i just got back from traveling indonesia and in Th in thailand for five months oh Whoa, is, well, that, what is, is that a motorbike? I don't know, but they like <laughs> Thailand and Bali. <laughs> yeah, that's a loud fucking engine. Whoa, um, yeah, so... And I graduated with a Bachelor of Social Welfare, so I'm a social worker. Oh, brilliant, dude. Absolutely <laughs> fucking brilliant. So now you're... Yeah, and, and it's brilliant. Like, like, like you said, it's like, you know, value. What were you... It was value? Yeah, my like your love, values, I mean, it's love. love compassion and service and service okay so man this is so fucking like it's it's, it's i'm so, big on values now yeah, like, it, it's so cliche because cliches are so fucking real like this <laughs> is it just it's so easy the concept that it makes like it's just it is just what it is another plane there's a plane going over here it's like literally man to serve other people mm. to I, I always say like and, and this happened because i live in a community an eco village down in crescent head an off-grid eco-village is just like kind of like crumbing eco-village here. Yep. So like we're all yep. signed into an environmental agreement and it's beautiful. Like we're all off-grid and nature comes first and we all have um, kind of sustainable systems. You know, sometimes there's politics gets involved where people like, you know, have certain opinions like this and blah, blah. And my neighbor said to me one day, he goes, you know, in a community, man, he goes, he goes, as long as you, you bring in something to the table, even if it's just a smile and you're not taking and, and you're not causing trouble, that's just fucking that's beautiful like you just give something and yeah. i was just and i've thought about that since he said that i've gone down this fucking in-depth rabbit hole of what that means and i'm like we're all here given this opportunity right to live life like we've all signed up to it right mm. and basically we've all signed up that we're 
we're, we're doing it, if we have any fucking common sense, that would be that it's going to be easier on our lives and Mother Nature if we all just fucking work together, right? So I always just think to myself, like, the easiest way to go through life is to be a giver, not a fucking taker. Mm. And sometimes I wonder, like, that I often think, like, how that's a message I'd love to get across. It's like, what are you doing in your life? Are you just taking from society? Are you just taking from community? Are you just taking from Mother Nature? Because we all have an impact. It's like I drive a car. You know what I mean? When I was studying permaculture, we had um, this circle diagram that we had to look at every day. For every output, had to be three inputs because everything, you're always going to have an impact. It's like, okay, I'm going to drive my car. I want to go surfing. Okay, that's an output. Mm. Okay, but what's something that I can do that's a, a positive input in return? So when I go for, okay, well, I'm feeding my soul. If that, if I feed my soul and giving myself what I need and connecting to nature, I'm going to be like vibrant and I'm going to be, you know, happy. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's going to be one pro to community around me and to loved ones and everything because I'm feeding myself so I can, I can if I'm looking after myself, I can look after others, right? Okay, two, okay, what does the beach can provide? Oh, okay, it's got pomace on the beach. It's got seaweed. Okay, I can bring that back to the garden, right? So I can, now I can add to soil, add to um, nutrient density. I can, you know, it's like, okay, what else does it have, right? When I go into town, oh, I can stop and... Um, I can do the shop, shopping while I'm in there or something like or whatever, you know, it's like, oh, there's three things there instead of just doing the one drive of like yeah. just um, of, of burning fossil fuels, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm, that's going to happen because this is just how life is. But what can I do to put back in? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, okay, that's a bit of a broad way, but I just put in the simple fact is like when I'm going through life, you know what I mean? And if someone cuts me off, if someone does something... Do I need to get out the window and fucking put my finger up and start blowing up and put that negative energy to everyone around me just because I'm feeling it? It's just like, yeah, we, we need our outlets. But I'm like, do I have to be like, do I have to go down the beach and leave my garbage down there? Do I have to like, you know, fucking like graffiti shit or like, yeah. do, you know what I mean? Like, do yeah. I have to take away from other people's experiences out of my own darkness inside? It's like, shit is going to happen. But like, even if I just go through life and give a smile, it's going to have a positive impact on the people around me and me. And in a Absolutely. way, it's like, you go, okay, you go, okay, well, you know, why would I do this other than a spiritual sense? And you're like, well, you could look at it just a fucking smart, um, just smart, smart, right? If you're going through life and being a dickhead, people aren't going to like you. You could call this karma. What's karma? If like if you're if you're not showing trust or love, people aren't going to be willing to help you. That's just a you could call that karma. You could just call that like people don't want to help you because you're being mean to them, mm. right? And then you're like, okay, so like for community, if people aren't trusting me, aren't liking me, it's like, okay, that's not very fun. You know what I mean? I remember Jordan Peterson said I, I went to his lecture and he said um, about bringing your kids up and teach them social skills to be popular. And he, then he said, like, some people blow, like, you know, get offended by that. Like, oh, you shouldn't, don't need to be popular. And he said, try being unpopular. If you teach kids how to love and compassion and get along with other people to accept others and everything and, like, accept diversity of opinion and just everything, you know what I mean? People are going to like them. How much easier would their life be if they go through and people fucking like, like mm. them? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like if I go to the shop and the guy and I give him a smile and, like, my mates always trip out when I go on planes or whatever I go to the airport, I fucking always get hooked up. Well, not like a lot of the time I get hooked up and they're like, how does this happen to you? Because like, I get up and I fucking have a chat to the dude. <laughs> yeah. I go, hey man, like fuck man, like you, 
I remember um, I was in New Zealand the other week and this lady was up there like she like was too late for the flight and the chick's like there's nothing I can do I can't get you on you're late like you got to rock up in time and she starts abusing her and blah blah and she's like oh my god and she's like next please and I got up and I was like fuck man I really feel for you today like you're just like you don't need that shit like yeah. I'm, I'm with everything you guys are just going through with COVID I'm sure that's the last thing you need <laughs> I was like look I'm easy you know what I mean just give me whatever seat I'm cool man like I've got my shit ready hopefully it's all I'm, I'm an easy one for you and she's like oh look yeah it got, does get pretty hard and she's like oh but how's your day going I was like mate I'm, I'm cruising man I'm worried about you you know <laughs> what I mean like and, and her and I start having this chat and she's like hey man have the fucking um good seat or whatever and she's like oh actually you didn't have a you don't have luggage that bag's too big we're gonna have to put it underneath like we don't nah, don't worry we won't charge you like it's all cool oh, man. man and i was just like man you just have a good day and it was because i seen her absolutely i just yeah. seen her and i'm like fuck it wasn't hard you know what i mean and the thing is anything you practice you get good at so if like if you start practicing just giving a smile or being nice to people acknowledging people if you catch yourself being judgmental on people you know what i mean like practice not practice doing not that. doing that practice yeah. being compassionate practice being saying like you know what i don't know what that person should be doing it's okay because like i remember my mate said to me one of the most powerful things ever said to me is like once i stopped trying to control what other people did or how they should be it was this huge release off my shoulders because it wasn't my problem anymore mm. it's like letting people be responsible for their own lives because what do i know about their lives you know what i mean and it's just like it's just this fucking brilliant lesson about I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's, oh, it's good. Yeah, no, I, I fully. That's um, I was, I was talking to you before we started recording that I'm working with some cool guys, and that's what one thing I pick up from him is he always like happy, smiling at everyone, and like sees mm. them and asks them how they're doing, and like I've been trying to pick up on it. Like I'm like, man, I, I like living life like that where mm. you see people and you give them the time of day and you try to remember their name and you yeah. like, you know, you you. you, you you get to know them and, yeah. and you know you and there's so much strength and your, your life becomes so positive because people want to help you not only do they want to help you because you see them they see you and it creates like this like beautiful domino effect around you because what it is it's like two tribes so the world that you used to live in right yeah was dark everyone had their swords um everyone had their sword sheath everyone had their swords behind their back yeah. and their shields up Everyone's waiting to pounce. Oh, every time you come in, you don't know who you can trust, blah, blah. In your case, you trust everyone. But you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like it's a dark world. Yeah. Everyone's living in their ego. So it's like you react to that and you become a product of the people that you surround yourself by. That's a fucking another beautiful lesson of this, this podcast. It's like we said that at the start of this podcast before we started recording. It's like you become what you surround yourself around. You surround yourself around positive people that are making change and doing cool shit. Yeah. You'll become that person as well. Because, you know, like, it's like if you surround yourself by people that are just fucking, you know, angry and fucking dealing drugs and in their ego, you're going to do that too because that's mm. what you're seeing. You yeah, know, it's exactly. like we're tribal, be we're community beings. We mold into the, to adapt. It's a survival me mechanism that we do around us, you know, to, yeah, it's, a, it's our survival mechanism to want to mold into community. But um, when you go through life with no shield, so in that dark world, everyone has their shield up because no one can trust anyone. So when you drop your shield and drop your knife, you rock up. So imagine two tribes, two chief leaders. You know, there's, a, there's an island, right? And like fucking these two tribes like clash. 
they, they come to each other and they're all standing there. They're like, oh, I don't know what this guy's about. What are they about? And they've got their shields up and knives. And the one big chief, he goes up to the other chief and he opens up his arms and he drops his shield and he drops his knife and he stands there. You know, he's, he stands there in all his strength and all his mighty because he has the, the um, strength to... Um, be that vulnerable. Like, be that vulnerable. Yeah, be that vulnerable. What does the other guy do? You know, he goes, oh, I don't need to hide anything. I yeah. can drop mine. I, I can drop my sword, right? Yeah. So when this happens in day-to-day life, when you see someone, when you acknowledge someone, when you be your true authentic self, other people see that and then they trust you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gives them the opportunity to be their unique manifestation of love that they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're seen. So that creates community. Mm. It creates tribe. And so what does that do? It's like, you want to help your tribe. You want to help your community. You want to help your mom. You want to help your loved ones. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just like, it's just sometimes I think about it on the spiritual sense. And sometimes I think about it just purely on the fucking like survival, intelligent, like just on the surface level sense of like, Oh, just a survival of how to get through life. And it's like not being manipulative. It's like, just if I be nice, people are nice to me back. Yeah, you know, no, it's a thousand like, percent. You like, yeah. You, you, what comes back to you is what you put out there. Yeah, well, people, you know, how do you get that job? People want you to work with them. They call you. They go, oh, this guy will be good. Yeah, we trust him. Yeah, and like to build on that vulnerability, like that takes real strength. You know, that mm. takes real strength in character and confidence in yourself to be able to like be that vulnerable, to be that chief that drops his, his drops sword. his sword because. You know, like what you're talking about with your your mate that became a bikey, like he didn't have that, and so that's why he had that bravado because mm. he couldn't he couldn't accept that, and that's yeah, that's and something. That's why you see the weakness in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, you know? but the real strength is the one that opens up their arms and like mm. you know, like this is this is me, this is what I'm gonna do, and that yeah, that's what I'm what I'm big on at the moment. So I've like I mentioned before, I've been uh, doing some mentoring at Fight for Youth, the uh, youth center. And the big things that I I want to get in their brains to these young boys that are uh, getting in trouble with police and, you know, going down this life is that, you know, that that strength can be manifested in vulnerability and that, that to be that strong man is to be the kind, the kind one. It's not the bravado. Mm. I, I, I teach them that. I, I teach them... Uh, the power of um, intentionality, of of being of, like what we're talking about, writing down our goals. You know that young guy that um, that you that you talk to that um, is rowing rowing oh, yeah. rowing across. Like he wrote that down when he was fourteen years old. Yeah, I, I shared that with them. I share that with them, and I'm psycho. like, bro, you guys are fourteen. You got you want to change the world. You make the decision now. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I teach them about identity. Define your identity. Know where you draw the line. Know what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy, and stay true to yourself. Don't follow the crowd. Be the guy that understands his identity and stick to it. And of course, values. Mm. Understanding what your values are and working within those values and understanding that when your values become uh, uh, like threatened, then, then get away from that because mm. that is not going to serve you. Um, yeah, do it, we want to be the the boy, the bully, or do we want to be the warrior? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a, you know, it's like, do we want to be that king? You know? Yeah, 
And if I could um, build on something that you mentioned before that you said, you know, what was it like? You got to feel, you got to experience the world's pain to be able to heal it. Mm. Um, so, like uh, a couple of years ago, I've been working as a mental health support worker, and I was working. Um, I actually led a team support workers in the mental health scheme uh, under the NDIS, and so I'm working. Sh- is it serious? Okay, don't. It was the God that that felt that, that did that. He felt the world's pain. Don't worry, it just came to me. But yeah, yeah okay. Sorry, sorry, man. You're right. No, you're right. And um, and so I'm working with people in psychosis, and I'm like, I know what, what you're experiencing. <laughs> like, I've had an ex- I've had a psychosis before. I know the clarity that you're experiencing. Yeah. I know how clear that you would you know you're ready to like you know throw it all away for this thing. So. If I could just share one more... Oh, no, man, we've got time. We've got heaps of time. I love this shit because this is like... Now, this is what's real. It's like yeah. now you're... Re- like, yeah, you've done this dark shit and everything, but now it's like this is what's real right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I... My life now is just like full of blessings. Like, the, I will say that I, I'm experiencing hardship. So, I, like I said, I was working as a mental health support worker... And um, I graduated with a Bachelor of Social Welfare, been working as a youth worker in, in um, Fight for Youth. But as, as of recently, I'm not able to work anymore. So I had like my blue card taken away off me what? because of my old charges. They're like, oh, and shit. so that's why, I'm, that's why I'm working at the gym now. Um, I've been like, yeah, I've been like fighting that for like the last four years to try and be able to so what what the card enables the me to do systems like just I know, just I know like, it's, it's very like this, frustrating this is what man. we need I'm like, literally graduated like I'm literally like done all this work it's like how do you relate to young kids there's, there's some chick sitting in an office going oh no he's, he did something bad so he must be recruiting it he's um, gonna make him worse it's like no he's the one that can relate to him yeah it's, it's very frustrating and so like everyone out there if anyone could do anything about it please help my well, situation you know, dude dude like in the future you know we can always like try work together to do like youth adventure camps or something dude. you know what i mean there's a, there's a, a, a mate of mine Bo devonshire has been on the podcast before the one that um that, that took the donkey across turkey yep i remember that guy he um he does youth camps and he just called me the other day that he said he's because he he does these like youth camps and he's a teacher he's a steiner teacher and he said right now he said he just had these group of like eshes and i don't even know what an eshe is i don't get this shit man <laughs> i don't get it but it's just another fucking lost boy <laughs> yeah another ex, another expression of of what's yeah it's just what's the trending right now and yeah. he said he's like fuck man he's like i'm seeing these boys like take on this trend and getting like um seeing the adventure in it i suppose you know yeah and he said he's like he's like this they, they're going he's like i want to try catching before they go down this path yeah. man he's like this is a dangerous path i'm seeing some boys go down and he and he called me about doing some podcasts or like um about him starting his one or whatever and i just said said to him too because i'm i'm down when i get back to start doing some um to yeah man i'm down for this shit dude i'm down to take some what i'm yeah that's yeah. what i'm all about yeah. yeah yeah and i got some good connections in this some some wim hof guys and some guys uh, yeah that do rites of passage ceremonies that i'd love to learn more from and i'm all down about like you know 
taking some kids on an adventure and putting them through some like hardships that are real and feeling that um their own inner strength and power like in nature or whatever and and just but just giving them guidance along the way just have yeah. those real chats with them yeah well, yeah what i did with fight for youth is we created this program called inside out where the young boys in the community in palm beach Eleonora that are getting in trouble with the police or getting in trouble with school they were referred to us and then we taught them the pro-social pro-social life skills mm. and how to be a man and it was all backed by like boxing and like understanding like the consequences of your crime and these kids like they obviously they're good kids mm. but they're just like influenced by the crowd they're, they're, they're yeah. just going with it that it's a real yeah, trend to go out it. and steal cars at the moment like it's a big problem in, on the gold coast at the moment and yeah these just young kids looking for that adventure and mm. like if we can give them something positive and 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 be those strong males that they haven't experienced in their life and be those these strong men and show them the real way then man we can make a big difference in in today's youth well we can make a big different diff- difference in society because the thing is trauma breeds trauma mm. so i was like thinking about doing men's men's work and doing men's workshops down at my place um with my mate luke who is the hemp grower he does the cbd oil yep. and, he, and he's a breathwork facilitator he does rebirthing breathwork it's, it's crazy the shit he does and we we're talking about and i said to the man like in a way like men have already like if we've got a bunch of 40 year olds that's brilliant but they've just had like fucking the last 20 years of using their masculinity in the wrong way and traumatizing imagine if like we stopped that at 20 or 19 or 18 how many less people able to traumatize Mm. along the way you know what i mean i was like i think to help society is to is to heal the trauma you Mm. know what i mean before it fucking goes out and has that like a rampage through society yeah yeah it's um I, and the thing is, I just think it's it's not just like, I just think it's our duty as men. You know, in so in in the Tongan, my Tongan side of the family, it's like, they're all parents. You know what I mean? Tribe in tribe, they're all parents. Like, yeah. they're all raising the children. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, we don't do that in the West anymore. And, and but I, I think that's an important part. It's like when we're in society, like me as an elder now, like I'm 36, it's like, and if youth are relating to me, they're looking up at me going, oh, fuck, like, you know, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I can have an impact. And that's my actual duty now. It's like, when you look through, it's like, I look at it as we're a tribe and the warrior, the warrior looks at the, um, the warrior creates other warriors. You know what I mean? He, he sends the guide, guidance. It's like, it's why we have the Bible. Mm. It's why we have the Quran. It's why Buddha fucking does his did his teachings it's like it's 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 why i do this podcast you know through storytelling Mm. we heal you know and it's just like it's so fucking important for you now like and that's the that's the thing when you said before you still got hardships it's like life ain't fair Mm. life always has hardships life's fucking hard but that's (laughs) the beauty of it is the journey and it's like i think what does it say like was it um Mark McConaughey, was it his book? And he's talking about the art of not tripping yourself and running downhill. He's like, sometimes, he's like, we always have hurdles. And that's fucking what happens when we fucking are going through life. It's like, we have to problem solve along the way. Yeah. Like, when we put our goal, we don't just work there. It's like, and get there immediately. It's like, we have to problem solve along the way. Yeah. Yeah. There's hurdles that come up and then you got to jump through that one and under the next one. Yeah. And that's, and that's the fucking beauty of life. And that's also why us as men like well why why are we 
we need to grow our kids strong. So when mm. those hurdles come, they have the they have the capability to be able to solve those problems, be problem solvers and, and do it through kindness and love rather than just like, you know, be a spoilt little brat, not even sport, but be a little brat and throw a tantrum. Yeah. Is yeah. basically like when you're looking at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. I think um yeah, all these principles, you know, are really important for kids to understand and yeah, and I think it takes people like us to, to mm. teach them because, you know, they're not getting it from other places or from their families or from school. Not usually. Mm. Oh, I've got um, a cool story to tell you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was part of my goals to go traveling. Um, we went to um, we went to Bali, uh, left in July last year, and... Um, we were there for like a month in in Changu and Madawi surfing mm. and we're like oh this is good this is fun but like we want to do more and so we went to this we rocked up to a, um, a seven day Adventist church in Tabernan and we're like hey like uh, we want to like is there like an orphanage or something that we could go serve at we can dedicate this entire month of September to this to whatever like if there's a need somewhere and they're like oh there's there's a um there's a church in uh there's a there's an orphanage in Nagara. You know where Nagara is? Um, near the airport? Um, no, no, that's Nagarai. N- n- nah, in West Bali, like past Madawi. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, we're like, okay, um Alright, they're like here they are on the map. So I found them on the map, contacted them on on um on on Google Maps, WhatsApp to um the lady. I'm like, hey, we're a travelling family. Um we can we serve you guys for the month of September? Um, we have we can get our own food and we can get our own place to live, but and we can um, s- s- serve our time with you yeah. for this for this month. And they're like, yeah, sure, like come on down, come meet us. So we like <laughs> really really pumped about this. Like not sure what to expect. Like call them like, hey, we're coming on our first day. Like, what should we bring like presents for the kids? Like yeah, just bring like lollies and sweets. Like okay, and we like come down to this orphanage this amazing place with this amazing couple called um george and ellen and you can um you can see this this is on my um instagram they they are missionaries looking after this orphanage these 18 kids that have all from all over indonesia a lot of from florence and from beautiful um samba just good people yeah just good people and and um they're all these all these kids living in there and we were able to teach them english we 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 were preaching for them and we were there to find out their needs we took them on excursions like we took them to the beach and stuff and um <laughs> man it was such an amazing experience we um we ran a fundraising back in australia like oh can we can we find out what your need is and can we fundraise for you guys and they're like yeah our need is um they needed new vinyl floors because they were just all sleeping on like old moldy concrete because you know how the yeah. the um the waterproofing is yeah. really bad in Bali and like all the everything concrete. molds yeah and so um we we're like hey we put up a budget like it's going to cost us you know two thousand dollars which is pretty cheap and we'll waterproof and um lay vinyls in for this for this family and i put it on my social media thinking that i'd like 
I'd work something out with the church, like run an offering through the church. I put it on my social media. And I was really, I was really worried about it. Like I was, I was anxious about it because like, yeah, I'll, I can support you guys. Like, like I was yeah. pro- kind of promising them, right? Yeah. Right. Listen to this. I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. I got faith. But in, in my heart, I was a little bit anxious, you know, like, oh, what if the church like says no? What if they got something else going on? I hadn't had much communication with them. And um, I put it out on my social media before they released it at the church. And bro, I kid you not. I kid you not, one of my colleagues, one of the guys that I went to jail with, called me up on Facebook. I'm like, hey, bro, I just saw what you're doing in Bali. Can I pay the whole thing? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, oh my man. gosh, hallelujah. Like, I was just like, I was just like, wow, what a crazy answer to God that oh, I've just man. put this out to like church community and everything. And the one person that wants to pay it all is one of those guys that I went to jail with. Holy he shit. doesn't go to church or has a doesn't have a relationship with God. Dude, he has a heart. Yeah, man. He, he just like he just he just answered the call. That's and a I was just beautiful story. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> fucking brilliant. I was yeah. and so so we were able to he paid it. He we were able to waterproof vinyl all their floors. They're all sleeping sleeping on nice floors now. And then with the money that the church and everyone else raised, we were able to pay their rent for a year. Mm. And praise God, man. Fuck man, yeah. So How's that for full circle? Yeah. Like? <laughs> oh, absolutely brilliant. Right. And that's the thing is like we all got a heart, you know what I mean? It's like when we watch, like we just got to be able to connect with people, and that's why it's like dumb that you can't because you can actually connect with youth that were like you. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like so, if any like, if I come across youth or anyone listening to this is is struggling with a um a lost kid or teenager or they are one themselves it's just like what is a way for them to reach out you know because it's just like that's the weirdest thing as in like you when as a boy too you think to be a man like it's like no you just like you got to suck it up and just like yeah you know what i mean like the the stigma has to change yeah the stigma has to change where where men are talking talking about about stuff like this what we're doing now yeah. changing that stigma of talking about life talking about your feelings talking about what mm. actually makes you a man and not just some bravado of you know what yeah. what hollywood or what rap music tells us you know so, so where would they find that community let's say like there's someone sitting in like in, i don't know manly in the northern beaches right now and they go oh fuck actually my like i'm i'm feeling oh fuck i relate to that i'm just was about to go out and steal a car yeah fuck like maybe i should give someone a call like you know what i mean like call a youth center is there youth centers or like because i know nothing like i i just know my friends that do workshops and stuff and that's yeah. what i want to do but like yeah there there is there is youth centers there is you know there there is the kids helpline, but you know, if you're wanting that, that personal connection, that real men connection, hit me up, man. Hit me up. Hit yeah. me up. Yeah. Hit me up on Instagram. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, I, I would love to talk to anyone about anything. You know, I I got time in t- in terms of organizations. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of lost for organizations that I know that are 
that would do it, yeah that, that will that will fill that need and that 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 will reach that that kid at that at that level mm. i know there's there's lots of ones if like you're you're struggling with mm. mental illness you know kids helpline um if you're struggling with suicide you know those are always really good mm. places to go but if you if you are just like wanting you know that that connection or if you're wanting you know to learn more about life and what 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 you can do in this world to to be a strong man and show that vulnerability and, and have that strength you know and that's that's cam lloyd on instagram yeah cam right? lloyd in, on instagram yeah look let's um you know, I reckon if if a, if a Grom's in there in this position right now and they're fully related to this and they're about to go out and steal a car, my advice to them would be like, you know, sit down and really write down what type of life you want and who do you want to be mm. and what type of man you want to be. Do you want to be that warrior? Do you want to be a fucking warrior? Or do you want to be, you know, or do you want to use that energy you have to like harm other people? Yes. Or do you want to give to the world? And it's like, and I say that too. I've always said that to, to men and, and youth, man. It's like, yeah, we're, we're here, man. The boys, like I, I miss some messages, but anyone that messages me, I always try, try and, and get to them and reply when I've, when I've got the space and time to do it. So I yeah. really, really try to do that. And, and I've been luckily, yeah, it's, and it's worked. It's, it's that's fucking how, worked. That's before. how I'm here with you, man. Yeah. You replied to me. Yeah, it's, it's fucking brilliant. But like, man, I had a guy call me one day who was a listener. He just started messaging me. And I could see there was a bit of darkness in it. And I said, man, are you okay? Like, blah. And he said, no. Nah. And the next thing, I remember because I was painting my deck. Um, I just built this deck at my place and I was fucking painting it. And I spent two hours on the phone to him talking him off a cliff. And it was fucking brilliant. Far out, man. Yeah, and that's that the thing. And it's powerful, like, bro. Yeah, but I'm like, man, it's just, it's fucking easy. And I've had to do it with my, with my mates. Like, I've had struggles in my life and I've had to call you know um the boys and what i find crazy is that that, like there's always someone that gets it you know what Mm. i mean even if like you say to your mate like like one guy doesn't get someone will like you just you just kind of i don't know it's just you'd just be surprised how much like fucking once you start opening up the other boys start opening up and you're actually all there for each other you know what I mean? You just that's what mates are. That's what it mm. that's what being mates is. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like we've got each other's back. Yeah. So don't be afraid to do that. And and I've had I often love when mates have done that for me because it makes me gives me that opportunity to show my love and to show them that they are loved yeah. and to um make that change and I've you know, of yeah. But man, we've been we've been talking for um a good amount of time. It's perfect, it's been perfect. <laughs> This I knew this podcast with you was going to be good. I knew it was going to be impactful. I knew I was going to learn. Mm. It it was deep, man. There was some emotion there, and I just I just really want to take the time to see you and and thank you, because I saw how hard it was for you to go into the old you and the person that you have come from. But I want to I just want to really reevaluate that it's like that that is sometimes the cards we get dealt and the, the paths we choose but the strength that comes from who we decide to be from it and i'm not saying that to youth it's like oh cool well i'll just be a fucking dick for the next five years and then i'll come good it's like nah, don't fuck your life man mm. it's like life can be fucking amazing and filled with amazing fucking, yeah life like, can be so good what, that's when i really felt like i started living once i started really dropping the story and I really started dropping the story and just coming from love and expressing and just really connecting to what I wanted in life and going for it. It's just like everything just dominoed. Yeah, we all have our hurdles. Like I, like I said, my sister just passed away and I wasn't expecting that. I'm like, and I'm like, fuck, like why me? You know, but I'm like, nah, it's like, this is like, we all signed up to live this life. 
and part of that is death you know we all signed up for this and it's like you know there's like we said there's always going to be hurdles and it's like being that warrior when those hurdles come mm. so it's like yeah thanks thanks heaps cam groms kids boys women girls like anyone 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 man like we're here give us a message if you ever need it reach out to people if you ever need it and just have a think about what we've really said because if i've learned so much this this podcast from you cam like i'm sure other people would so, so i think there's just food for thought there thank you brother thank you so much for this no nah, man love, so much <laughs> i love feel to very you. blessed after this very blessed yeah no nah, nah, dude dude just fuck man you're doing it man like you're doing it you know you're coming from love you're going through life you know you've got a beautiful wife i just met before it's just like you know you've you've put your plan down and it's just like just remember success is like where you feel success and success for me people evaluate it differently but it's for me success is like when you're when you're living in the heart space you know what i mean because when you're living in the heart space fuck man you don't need much money you don't need a mansion you don't need this and that and i just i was just talking to a mate about this this afternoon because he was talking about he needs to buy a two million dollar property to be successful and i was like man oh. <laughs> So if that's what you think, it's not. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's wherever you feel safe and secure to be able to live from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> I appreciate you a lot. You've, you've honestly inspired my life and you've made a big impact in my life. Yeah, thanks, brother. No, honestly, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, it's why we do this and it's why you're doing this. Yeah. It's just it's how we help each other through life as we just share story Amen. and share each other's struggle. All right, man, let's get out of here. Thanks again. Now, guys, if you like this episode, feel free to share it for me. Take a screenshot, put it on your social media stories, tell your mates, tell your mum. Thanks heaps for listening, guys. I'll see you guys next time. I do it like a double.